three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. You know it better. It's the Big X. We're rocking with you until 6 o'clock. It actually feels better outside. Had the. It's crazy. Like the This morning, I go to take Virginia to school, and it still kind of feels like this is way too cold for April 12th. It's raining too much. This is disgusting. And then I come here to go to the radio, and it feels like a different season entirely. This is Louisville. You don't like the weather? The old saying used to be, if you don't like the weather, wait a day. If you don't like the weather here, wait like three hours. It's probably going to be entirely different. I like it. It feels like opening day for the Cincinnati Reds, which it is. I got the Reds gear on. I'm going to rip on the Castellinis here shortly because they're the absolute worst, and I want them out of my life entirely. Uh, we want to hear from you today. We've got plenty of U L topics as well. Hit us up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. You know the line. You may not know this, though. Thornton's. And the Louisville Urban League, they're excited to present the Mega Hiring Fair, reminding you guys again all week long until we get there on Thursday, that it's going to be taking place Thursday, April 14th at the Norton Healthcare Sports and Learning Center, which is located at 3029 West Muhammad Ali Boulevard. Come out from 3 to 6. Don't forget your ID. Don't forget your resume. They're going to have on-site interviews. They're going to have on-site job offers. They're going to have management positions with competitive salaries. They're also going to have hourly positions that range between $15 to $20 an hour, competitive benefits packages, and... A chance to win a $50 gift card while supplies last. Once again, bring that ID, bring that resume, and uh, thank your friends over at Thornton's and the Louisville Urban League for putting this thing together. And thank Thornton's for sponsoring the text line. 502-414-1450. We'll be reacting to your text throughout the, the show today. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you have concerns, if you have thoughts, if you have topic ideas, let us know. Uh, with me, as always, behind the glass, Trevor Kelsey, rocking his bright green Fly Eagles Flash t-shirt, looking chipper, feeling chipper. And you know how this is going to be a good show. Trevor and I, in the three minutes that we were in here before we went on air, spent the entire time talking about the 1992 uh, Major League Baseball expansion draft. I was and 94. 92. Was it 92? Okay. I 92. Uh, and, and I was, I was going to say that people should be, th be thankful that we did that because otherwise that would have been the first segment. It probably would have been. You're right. I, <laughs> it would have been the breakdown of Danny Need and David. David Need. Come on. Keep, keep Come on. But his friends call him Danny. His friends, <laughs> close friends know him as Danny. His, his, his compadres call him Danny. So that's how you know we're going to be firing on all cylinders is we spent three minutes talking about the expansion draft. You know what's funny is that we were sitting there naming off more players than anyone should remember from a draft from 30 years ago. I was all about it. But, I loved it. But can you name, can you do the same thing with the 98 draft between the uh, Rays and... No. 
I can't name no. like one player either of those teams took in the expansion draft. Well, this was like a novel concept to me. I, oh, I, I had yeah. never heard of any league expanding and how this whole thing works, and I thought it was such a cool deal. I remember I had got a David Need trading card because he was the number one pick, yep. and I thought it was – and then I watched him like, oh, this guy's not that great. Oh, everyone had it. You weren't cool at Westport if you didn't have like a Marlins or a Rockies hat. Oh, I had a Rockies backpack. I mean, everybody – yeah, you, you were not cool. And you, I, I, did, I, think I did have a Marlins hat it, too. It, which is funny because I didn't like grasp the expansion – concept in the nba uh when they did it which was a lot in 88 and 89 they expanded four teams um which led to the watered down nba 90s but nonetheless i but that was kind of the same deal though was in 88 with the hornets like you weren't cool in elementary school it's, it's a great tale if you didn't have something with hornets on it hornets was a big everybody yeah. had the same puppy I, starter jacket the hornets puppy. hands up did I, you have it no i just have it i still have it i know right where it's at i'll send you a picture of it tonight i never had one. it is a i had the it's the teal i had the one with everybody the, had it oh my, yeah i didn't have the one with the logo on the back mine just said hornets and script nice and Classy. I mean, it's I think it's like a large. It may fit you. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it does have my it does have my name written on the inside pocket. Uh, adorable. Love uh, it. I love it. I have my Louisville pullover one still. And those are the only two. I had two Eagles ones. One uh, got lost. I can't remember what happened to it. And the other one, a freshman year, high school freshman girlfriend uh, took it and never gave it back. Oh, man. You were a true kid of the 90s. Yeah. Though. She also took my KJ, uh, my Kevin Johnson shoes, too. Do you remember those, the KJs? What it be? I mean, oh, tell me about it. Awful. If she didn't let me see her naked as a freshman, I would have been so mad. Awful. 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 <laughs> but 15-year-old Trevor would have traded more than that, for, for, trust me, at the time. It, uh, <laughs> I love 41-year-old Trevor will trade that maybe at this point. So he says, Mike, it sounds like you were the only one paying attention to the three-minute expansion draft conversation. <laughs> yeah, I love it. We, the, the whole big thing was you got the name wrong when we were talking about it off-air. And then we come on air, you're like, Danny Need! I'm like, <laughs> well, well I, but I had to like, but I was calling him Danny Nagel early. <laughs> yeah, you were. And which also, I think that was Denny Nagel that you were referring to. Yeah, Denny to. Nagel, yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. It was, it was the quarterback, right? Uh, no, that, that was Browning Nagel. Oh, yeah. Denny Nagel actually was a bit. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, just leading us in 18 different directions by missing, Brady messing Nag- up everybody. John name. Renshaw once dated Brandon Nagel's girlfriend while he was still dating her. Unbelievable. At West Virginia. Before Un- he transferred to Louisville. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, I I was going to this whole thing was me going to be like how are you was the whole how this was going to start and then said five minutes of expansion draft talk uh how are you tk uh, i'm doing awesome now how was your monday evening uh it was good solid uh got a couple movies in got a couple a uh, few episodes of rescue me in played some a uh, little madden kind of uh not a not a not a thick night not a heavy night i watched uh watched chaplin hadn't seen that in forever also from 1992 by the way a lot of big 92 theme today. It is. Uh, my other movie I watched, I won't tell you, because the, the soundtrack of that movie is the theme for the day. You did let me know that last night, that you were watching a movie, yeah, and you, you weren't you, going to tell me what. You said to me at midnight you were about to watch the Homer at Bat. Which, and I did. I watched uh, yeah. I watched the Homer at Bat, the Simpsons softball episode that you had referenced so great. watching last week. It was. It was It was a nice little dose of nostalgia before falling asleep. Right. It was good. It, it does. I mean, it wasn't like laugh out loud funny for me. But it was like I remembered all the parts. I remembered I'd forgotten. Oh, yeah, go on. Some of the things that I had forgotten. It was nice refresher course. But it was yeah, it was fun. My favorite one that I'd forgotten was when he meets Daryl Strawberry and he goes, "You play right field." He goes, "Yep." He goes, "Are I you better right, than me?" I play right. He goes, "I play right field." Are you better than me? He goes, "Well, I've never met you, but yeah." <laughs> but yes, <laughs> I like that. That made me laugh out loud. That night, the remembering. You know, I remembered it. The scene where. 
Homer's scratching himself and she puts the camera down. She's like, kids, tell me what he's done. Like, she's still sitting there and sitting like, there. Kids, <laughs> we'll let you know. <laughs> you pointed this out off air. And I, I thought it was a great observation. You know, there's this whole thing where the Simpsons have this eerie history of predicting the future. More often than not, it's because they do corny stuff and somehow we as Americans make that come true. That's probably what it is. <laughs> More they, they're like, we're just do the most ridiculous left field thing as a prediction. And somehow it becomes true because, well, you know. But there are some sort of like, there are some freaky there are, coincidences yeah. out there. And it's become a thing that people track. And, and you pointed out that uh, another one of those things would have been if Barry Bonds had been the player instead of Ken Griffey Jr., whose head got <laughs> so swollen. Which in 92, he was the best player in baseball probably. Next to Griffey, I would say. Then Barry. Then Barry, yeah. I mean, he was, that would have been a... He should have been on the team anyway. And, and you, because I said, well, you could replace Canseco with him. Canseco was past this kind of popularity at that point. Nah. And when you, when you go, well, isn't it also weird that Canseco was the nice guy? Yeah, Canseco is, is like the nice, he yeah. and Strawberry are like the two like sort of like nicest guys oh, yeah. in there. Well, I guess Griffey's not bad. He doesn't do anything bad. Well, Sosha, he actually does work. True. And then he, until he gets radioactive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, poor Sachs still getting. I wonder why they didn't charge Don Mattingly. They were both of the Yankees at the time. Good question. Still better, still better than Steinbrenner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we have uh, actual Louisville stuff to talk about. Okay. I, I want to start here, though. Last night, we mentioned that this was probably going to be the case, but the WME draft happened, 7 o'clock, and I hadn't even had a chance. The kids are going nuts last night. It was a little bit of a, a wild night at the Rutherford household. I hadn't even had a chance to turn it on before I find out that Emily Engsler had been drafted. I was thinking she was going to go five, right around there, maybe six, mm-hmm. was the buzz. She goes with pick four. Wow, good. Pro- yeah, I, I didn't watch it. I did see where Ryan Howard went number one, though. She did. The Kentucky player went went number one. To the Dream. The Dream took both Louisville and Kentucky player number one. They did, and cool. it, it bears repeating. Famously, Ryan Howard 0-4 in her college career against Louisville. Just point that out. Famously. Everybody knows this. People Famously. talk about it constantly. I believe that would be, for her namesake in baseball, would be the Golden Sombrero. I thought that was three strikeouts. I thought that was four. You might be right. <laughs> you, come on, you should know this one. You're a baseball guy. I know, but I thought I, well, I, thought I did, clearly. <laughs> and I, I guess I didn't. Um, she goes fourth overall to the the Indiana Fever, who got the pick from Los okay. Angeles via Dallas. And Keanu Smith was maybe the surprise. Uh, in mock drafts, they had her anywhere from like 18 to 27, I saw. And last night, she goes with pick 16 overall to the Los Angeles Sparks, who got that draft pick from Washington. That was very cool to see. Two cards taken in the top 16. She also goes one spot ahead of Alyssa Kunane, the, the I'll use your phrase, the big girl from NC State, their center, who kind of killed us a couple of times the last two years. So it was, that was nice, like having her just one pick ahead of uh, of Alyssa, who had been so good. 16 second round, though, right? So 16 second round. There are 12 picks per round. Oh, okay, we probably established that yesterday. And we knew that they, these were probably going to be the only cards who are their names called, which is understandable given the uh, the, the players who are departing from this past year's team. How many other cards? I think we didn't lose that many players anyway off this team. I think just one other. Um, I thought, yeah, because two of them come in, are coming back. Right, Alana Smith's coming back and, and Mikasa Robinson's coming back. They're both using that extra year of eligibility. Yeah, so, But Emily Engsler, once again, this is a fantastic, I think, vote of confidence for Jeff Walls because she plays – her th- she plays three seasons at Syracuse, mm-hmm. and everybody sees her potential. But she has attitude issues. She has this reputation for being uncoachable. She was was playing overweight at the beginning of her college career, and just wasn't really fully able to showcase her abilities. Comes to Louisville for one year, gets the attitude in check, becomes a very coachable player. 
forms this great relationship with Jeff Walls, loses, I think she said 50 pounds is what she said to get in, right. in playing shape and becomes one of the best players on one of the best teams in the entire sport and parlays that into a top four pick in the WNBA draft. I think that's a very cool success story for her, but also a nice little endorsement for Jeff Walls. If people aren't else, if you're a transfer who's looking to up your profile in your final year of collegiate eligibility, or if you have two more years and you've you've been a great player at a good program, but you want to be a great player at a great program, hey, come to Louisville. Or if you just want to win, because Louisville's, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, Louisville's going to be competing, competing for a national title year in and year out. It is why I kind of scoff at all the early rankings for next year that have Louisville, you know, anywhere from 14 to 18 and stuff like that. I'm like, I'll give you half of my very meager salary for the upcoming year if Louisville doesn't finish better than 14th next year in the final women's basketball poll. Because not only do they have a decent amount of returning talent, they have been killing it in the transfer portal in recent years. And you have to assume that at least one player who's been a star somewhere else and is just looking for that extra dose of notoriety or or looking for that extra little jump in production that Emily Angsler had this past year is going to pick Louisville and is going to bolster our prospects for next season. I think you have to expect Haley Van Litt to be even better next year. I think you can expect Olivia Cochran to be even better next year. We know how valuable Mikasa Robinson is on the defensive end. And then if you add a couple of, of impact transfers, boom, you're right there being in the discussion for number one seed again next year. Like this is what Jeff Walls does. And I wouldn't expect anything different next season. But congrats to them. I loved seeing the videos of the players reacting to their teammates being drafted. Like, uh, like Haley was in, she was up there for the draft, so she was around. But Narika Kono posted on Instagram. Up there. Where was it, by the way? I think it was in New York. Was it? Okay. Pretty short. Um, Narika Kono posted a video of her and, and three of the other players watching this and, and going nuts when they heard Emily's name called. And then also kind of being surprised when uh, Kiana like got drafted. You, you could tell they just had like the video rolling for like we'll have this on just in case something happens, but we're probably like, they all were surprised and go nuts. It was just, it was cool to see. It's always very fun to see teammates reacting to their brethren getting drafted. Like one of the coolest moments I think of the past few years was Jair Alexander when he found out that Lamar had been taken in the first round, like like going nuts. And it's just, it's always fun. And it's especially fun when it's your people doing it. So props to Emily, props to Kiana, props to the entire Louisville women's basketball program. Another big time night. Would you call it the greatest night in Louisville women's basketball history? (laughs) If all three had gone, maybe in the, in the the first 12 picks, (laughs) maybe I would do that, but no, no, I, I, it's hard. It's hard to 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 stand up and when Louisville's had good draft nights as well, but to also say that when Kentucky had the number one pick, yeah, it's hard to hard to, hard to claim it's the best night in Louisville basketball women's basketball draft history when Kentucky had the number one pick. Well, also Kentucky won zero games in the NCAA tournament. So. They did. They and did. haven't beaten Louisville since Nixon administration. But hey, they beat South Carolina, right? Which counts, right? Yeah. Uh, we've got some breaking news here. I know exactly what you're going. I know with. you do. I thought you. I, I was wondering. I thought you may have seen that before we went on the air. I didn't. I just saw it now. So did I. Props to my guy uh, Taylor Powell for pointing this out. But we mentioned. I think it was Friday when the rumors had been had been buzzing, and people said, "Have you heard anything about this?" And I said, "Yeah, can't can't tell you whether or not it's true." But when there's this much smoke, there's typically some fire. Yeah. And the rumor was that Tyler Harrell, Louisville's wide receiver, speedy wide receiver, who's on, I think was was sort of being on track to become the next Tutu Atwell at UofL. He's going to be prioritized this year, especially with a couple of other guys uh, bouncing after last season, most notably Jordan Watkins. The rumor was that Alabama had been 
you can use the word tampering if you want to, but reaching out to Tyler Harrell, putting out feelers about his potential interest in the transfer. Yeah, they do that. Do they send like one of their players up here to hang out with them? Like, walk up to him at the door and be like, "Hi, dude, what up?" Carrier pigeon. Just, uh, <laughs> that's how you make this sort of thing happen in 2022. Slide into his DMs. But no, no news came out about this over the weekend. So I kind of was like, "Hey, you know, maybe it was all just smoke. Maybe, maybe there was no fire here, and Tyler's going to be a Cardinal next season, and all's all's well." Tyler Harrell has just entered the transfer portal. 18 catches last year, 523 yards, six touchdowns. The numbers are irrelevant. What he bring, what he could bring to this team, I mean, first of all, you should add about 15 catches to last year's stats because he does have a little case of the drop sometimes. And you know why Bama wants him, though. It's because the 4-2 speed. Yeah, he's a complete guy that rips that top off the defense. You know, whether you're actually throwing him the ball or not, you've got you've to send that safety. You've got to put a guy over top on him. Which opens up the middle, and I mean that's that hurts Louisville. It's, I mean, a, it's, I mean, it's bad. What I mean, I know we were you know all hunky dory with Sats after the uh, after he begged to keep his job, and we didn't take Brom back. We didn't bring Brom home, and you know he he tried to he tried to make us all feel warm and cozy and hunky dory about it, like everything was Dr Pepper and sunshine, and you know by bringing in some recruits. But I mean, this is a big one. This is and obviously the quarterback, you know. The Cali quarterback is was the big one that made us all smile. But I mean, you had Jordan Watkins, you had this now. I mean, I love Marshawn Ford, but I mean, who the hell's going to play wide receiver for Louisville next year? Well, there's a lot of pressure now on a player who was injured for almost all of last season, and that's Braden Smith, who who I liked going into last year. By the way, everybody and we should like him. I mean, yes. he's got a lot of talent. He's he's also our backup quarterback, kind of in a way. Well, he's another speedster, and he had a a strong start two years ago. Strong start last year, and then unfortunately yes. uh, missed the, the rest of the season because of injuries. I, I mean, you better be banking on him having a full recovery at this point because he is like he can't carry the, the core though. He I can't. Mean, I mean, you've got Amari Huggins Bruce coming back after a promising redshirt freshman season, and then Josh slower. Johnson back, and then I mean, it's we're gonna need some transfers now at this point. We're gonna I mean, have to, and it's late in the game. I mean, Huggins Bruce, I guess, is gonna have to take the role of kind of the speed guy, even though he's obviously not as fast as your Atwell and your and your and your Harrow. But he's, you're right. He's going to have to be that guy. I mean, he's going to have to be that guy. But I mean, that's I mean that's that's Louisville losing basically. I mean, not basically, actually losing their top two wide receivers, both not only from last year but going into this next season. They've already brought in um, Tyler Hudson, who is a transfer from I can't remember what school it was, a lower level school. That makes me feel comfortable. Well, I, <laughs> can I just assume it's Georgia Southern since we take all their guys? You could, you know what? I would Central well, Arkansas. I was just saying, the Bears. It's like anytime someone asks me a hockey question, I just go Wayne Gretzky. You might as well. Just, that's what Georgia Southern is for us now, recruits. And he <laughs> is kind of billed as being the same type of player as Tyler Harrell. Wow. A little bit. He's six two, one ninety six, but. He, That's big for a time. Yeah, I think his speed was, was noticed a, a decent amount, but it's, man. I know. It, this is not this, And it, it can't help you if you're a Louisville fan to make you feel any better the fact that he's entering the portal to possibly go to Alabama. Like, if he was leaving the portal and going to, like, Southern Miss, while you're a Louisville fan, you're probably bo- you're obviously bothered by it because you need Tyler Harrell. He's, he, going to, he was going to be a big part of this offense. Huge part of this offense. It's, it, it doesn't help. You can't sit there and run that that run attack that the Satterfield wants if you don't have a threat of someone going over the top. Well, see, I feel better about him going to Alabama than I would if he was just transferring to... No, it makes me feel worse because now if Alabama won him, I mean, damn, I wanted him now. I mean... Well, but wouldn't if we think he's that good... good it could be. It could I mean, be. we're prioritizing... Like, he was going to be a priority this year. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm making no bones about it. This is a huge loss for oh, the yeah. level next season. 
And if he goes to somewhere like Southern Miss, to use your example, like that to me says the program is not in a good place. He just didn't like the coaches. He's He doesn't yeah, care. Because, I mean, like Jordan Watkins, he knew he's in a situation right now where he's going to be the number one guy, and he knows it. Yeah, he went to Ole Miss, right? Watkins went to Ole Miss. Ole Miss, yeah. Wanted to go to Kentucky. They kind of told him thanks, but no thanks. And he ends up at Ole Miss. Yeah, brilliance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, get, not the best advice. Hey, I, I guess they're going to find an O lineman. I, was, I mean, they didn't find Wando Robinson though. Sort of. I, I mean, I, I'm not rooting for this. I think Jordan Watkins is going to come back in a few years and, and say I, I made a mistake because he's. He's not going to be – he's going to be like the, the fourth guy at Ole Miss. And he was going to be the face of this program moving forward. They made him the face of last year pretty much before the, is, the start of the season. The NFL is in love with Ole Miss receivers the last two years. I mean, and maybe he, that's what he's thinking. And but, even if you're if you're the guy that's – I don't want to say the second-tier guy, but, I mean, they've had, what, three of the – they've had three receivers taking the top two rounds the last two, three years. And, I mean, A.J. Brown, DK Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, and, we'll, we'll see. Like, I, mean, I, I think he's going to say big. he made a mistake. I could be wrong. Yeah, but he could be. Tyler Harrell – I feel better about him going to Alabama. I don't feel good about him going anywhere. But if he's going to go somewhere, Bama just shows that you know it's it's Bama. But if he was going somewhere else, I'd be like, Ugh. it just says more about the program and being maybe a state of dysfunction or not being happy. Bama but not have that many receivers. They lose that. Man, it's and we're, you know again we are assuming we don't know. We've heard the rumors being out there. You now find out that he's in the transfer portal. You kind of put two and two together, and it seems like this is where it's headed. But, I mean, maybe he will go to, like, you know, Kansas State. And you're like, well, what the hell? <laughs> but Louisville's receiving core, oh, man. it's. No, I feel like this has to be. I, I would not be surprised if Alabama's not because I, I think you're probably leaning – I'm leaning more towards you said that he maybe doesn't leave if it's not a, a school like Alabama that comes knocking. Sure. I mean, he played in the spring game. Yeah. Like, like, made yeah, a huge I mean, catch. It, it had to be. I mean – and I'm sure there's some other schools that could have been, you know, big enough to persuade me, even Ole Miss. But I mean, if you're Alabama, I mean, you're going to get what you want. I mean, it's and then I guess they did. I know their top two receivers in this draft, Mechie and uh, Jameson Williams. So, I mean, I'm sure they've got other guys that aren't scrubs beneath them. But Mechie, I know was their was their was their speed guy. So um, that'd be replacing him would be Harold. Yeah, the other player that I haven't mentioned yet that we are going to need now a, a huge season from is D. Wiggins, the Miami transfer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. We, you know, he lit us up a couple of years ago, so we know he can do it. But well, who didn't light us up? <laughs> but he specifically, he had his, his best game as a Hurricane came against us. We've seen firsthand what he's capable of, but he's going to have to become that player consistently if we're going. I mean, this is. I feel bad for Malik Cunningham more than anybody. I mean, this is a guy who's put up big-time stats, who's got a little bit of Heisman buzz going into his final collegiate season. And he can, like, for the last few years, it's been, does he have the offensive line necessary to to win at the highest level and to take this offense where it needs to be? And I think now it's becoming, does he have the wide receivers necessary to take this offense to where it needs to be? If we're going to get away from him you know, being so reliant on his legs, which has been some of the talk this offseason, you got to have guys who are going to get open and make plays down the field, I mean, and, and we don't seem to have a whole lot of those guys right now. First of all, I hope D. Wiggins isn't the football version of Matt Cross, who just has one great game in Miami, then comes here. More, <laughs> let's hope more Nate Harris than Matt Cross. Yeah, let's just hope for that. Because when you said that, I started. That's the first thing I thought. I was like, "Where well, Miami Hurricane has his only good game against us, then comes here." Yeah, way to keep it positive, Trevor. Yeah, well, I'm trying to, uh, but I'm, I'm I am not. It's hard to be positive because, like I said, I mean, this off set of his offense is. I mean, it's basic. He wants to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, throw in the play action, hit you over the top, make you have to put, not be able to put eight men in the box to stop the run. 
And if you don't have guys that can go over the top, and right now Louisville has nobody that can bust open and make people concerned about keeping that eight men in the box to stop the run. Because when you don't put when you don't stack the line, this this offense has shown that it can produce on the ground. I mean, it did even did to a point last year. And of course, probably Cunningham, the running backs, the line played so much better last year. But if you don't have guys like your Atwell or your Harrell, or you know, guys that can they can break over top and open up also the underneath for guys like like Marshawn Ford, then you're going to get the Pittsburgh game from a couple of years ago all over again, where they just put nine when when they held when poor Hawkins had like 20 carries for 80 yards and he had one carry for 60 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean that's and they just basically put nine guys in the box the entire freaking game, but one on one on receivers and dared us to throw the ball and we couldn't do it. And that, I just worry that's what we're going to have. I mean, obviously, Braden Smith is someone who I did like going into last year. I kind of forgot about because he got injured early last season and we missed a high majority of the season. But I just don't know. Like, I just, I, he hasn't shown me he can be that that Atwell Harrell guy. I don't I don't have confidence in the D. Wiggins kid. I don't know about the other transfer. I mean, I'm just a lot, a lot of question marks going into the Syracuse game now. Yeah. A, lot, a lot more. That's how much we lose when we lose Harold. That 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 is a big blow to this team. At this point, you need Amari Huggins Bruce to be the player that I think yes. some people thought he was going to be closer to last year. You need Braden Smith to be not just great but healthy the entire season. You need and you need the two transfers that we have now, Hudson and Wiggins, to be Smith needs to be Watkins, Huggins needs to be Harold. Man, and which we shouldn't even have. The to thing do. is, even if these guys do step up, let's say Amari Huggins Bruce does take the next step forward that we've been that, that we're all hoping for or Braden Smith does. We've seen in this offense, we've seen wide receivers get injured fairly consistently <laughs> and there's not much depth there at all at this point. Oh, well. You're going to have to take somebody whether it's even if it's not a quality wide receiver or a high quality wide receiver just to have some depth, just to make sure you have a body out there if you have multiple injuries at the wide receiver spot. I mean, we this is an offense that sometimes, I mean, it's not unheard of for it to go four wide. We've had a lot of sets where you have three wide receivers out yeah. there pretty consistently. Even though we're running the ball, we still run three or four wide sets, yeah. We, we do, and, and I know Marshawn Ford splits out there sometimes and, and is basically sort of a tight end wide receiver hybrid. But still, we've got to find some guys. I mean, man, yeah, this is this – is, it's also – Did we get Justin Marshall back? I'm just looking at the last year's stats. I can't remember. I believe he's gone. D-Lee, he was only yes. a junior. Did he transfer? Right he here? is gone. Okay. Uh, transfer portal. We also like I have to talk about the this. This is blatant tampering by Alabama. If he oh, winds yeah. up going, there's there. no doubt about that. There's no, like, there's no question about it. I mean, I mean, Tyler Harrell was not in the portal. There are all sorts of rumors out there that he's being recruited by Alabama, and now he's in the transfer portal. Like. If he goes to Bama, there's there, there's no like if ands or buts about it. Bama absolutely tampered here, and it's not an unheard of thing right now because you've got the NIL, you've got the one time transfer rule, and it just sets the stage for all of this to happen. Where a kid is clearly at, at one program, has no intention of leaving, gets reached out to. Like you said, I don't know how this happens. I don't I don't know if it is carrier pigeon or AIM or her. You know, whatever, it's like secret coded email. They just send some kids up here to act like they're hanging out at Louisville to, to, to track him down. And, and but somehow there's contact being made, which is against the rules. And he's gonna. It, it's it. There's a downside to everything, and, and this is, I think is the downside to the current sort of college football and, and college sports rules in general that have you know made this. Uh, people use the word free agency, and there's a lot of truth to it. If you're not going to have a window. Well, there's a difference between free agency when you're in the portal and literally, as you mentioned, just 
tampering. That's yeah. If you're not going to have a window where players are like allowed to talk freely to other schools or something like that, like then this is just going to keep happening. And it sucks when it's us. I'm sure that we've probably done some tampering ourselves. I think everybody has has dabbled in a little dose of tampering with the rules being the way they are. But this one, this one really hurts. I mean, I guess I I don't know where we we're tampering. I would like to maybe we do a better job of it. I mean, we really. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah, this just, uh, yeah, this this irks me a little bit, and it's like, I mean, Alabama. I mean, do you really need to be doing? I mean, you, you can get any freaking recruit you want. I mean, you can go. I mean, I, I don't even know who. I, without looking at the roster, as I mentioned, I know they're losing two of their their bigger guy, their bigger re- in terms of playmaker receivers and Williams and and, and uh, Blueberry pronounced Meshi, but I mean, they've got. I mean, they've got to have like five star kids just sitting on the bench, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at just Tex- Corey Brooks was like a five star recruit. He's like a, he was coming back next year. Texter also pointed out, uh, didn't Braden Smith recently get arrested? Yeah, yeah, oh, he did. I didn't see that. Yeah, it was back in in early March. He was arrested and charged with fourth degree assault and harassing communications stemming from an incident uh, at the clubhouse apartments just off the U of L campus. Nah, so it sounds like a fight with a girlfriend. Then. I think that that's yeah. what took place. To my knowledge, he was, I think, held out of activities, but is not off the team. So I think you still assume he's going to be around this fall. But, yeah, that's another. I mean, it's not great, but if that's your only strike, then that's not. I mean, that can be overlooked. That's that's, that's running wind sprints for, 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 for a couple weeks. It's definitely not great. No, not the best, but. Texas has Gunter Brewer leaving affected Harold and Watkins' decision to leave. Well, Watkins left before Gunter Brewer bounced. I can't say for sure about Harold, but. My guess is that it's more about Bama than it is about his position coach leaving. Is there, is there not a like a, a date that you can enter, like a cutoff date to enter the transfer portal? No. I feel like there's, I mean, I know the transfer portal is still a whole new thing, but I mean, God, I'm asking the NCAA to actually stand up and do something. But I mean, I feel like there should be somewhat of a, and not just for just this incident, but there should be some kind of like window that, of, of, that you not that you have to. That I'm with you. That's what I said. I mean, it should be. I mean, there's no reason it should be a 24 seven. This isn't like IHOP over here. Texas man, this show turned into a reading of Sylvia Platt. Uh, there is talent there. AHB Higgins Hudson have some faith. I mean, Did we should really get a Sylvia Platt reference on the show. I like it. <laughs> the author, right? I mean, Poet? I, I think that the. Well, I mean, it's Sylvia Plath. Also, we should point that out but that's okay um yeah, yeah poet yeah. right but po- yeah, well, writer poet writer, okay yeah um hey come on give me credit for these knowing that part nailed it yeah. yeah okay yeah call me the carpenter right adam song as well um <laughs> like the, i agree like amari huggins bruce certainly has talent Braden smith we saw the talent last like early i'm not going to pretend to know anything about tyler hudson and i know Louisville, like we do this thing where it's like oh yeah i watched a bunch of central arkansas football like i I've got no idea how good this kid is. The clips look good. What? The, the, the highlights look good. There's no way to know how that translates. I know Scotty Pippen went to Central Arkansas. You do. He did. And he was traded on draft night for Olden Polonies. He did. He was. <laughs> who went to Virginia. Uh, Texas, the Mortimer kid who is our top wide receiver recruit was also arrested. Not great. Yeah, the kid who we flipped from Florida State. Um, yeah. Wait a minute. Where, where, where am I missing all these arrests? Well, the well, I mean, Google search will have all your answers. <laughs> so the Florida State wide receiver got arrested too. The Devon Mortimer, the kid we flipped on, oh, uh, yeah, on yeah. signing day. What uh, was his arrest? 
Oh, man. Um, what, was it just kind of a minor thing? It wasn't anything big, right? Obviously, hopefully not. If it was big, he probably would It really wasn't. Like, I still feel like it wasn't even addressed. Like, like People just found it on the the police wire. Like, he popped up on you know, the, the websites that, like, sh- you know, show who was arrested in Florida. Um, I don't remember what the charge was, to be perfectly honest with you. I remember he was arrested, and it kind of – it hasn't really like, – I don't even know if it was – addressed by anybody at UofL head on. I don't know if we've heard a comment or okay. or what the deal is there, but not great. I mean, the long and short of all this, not great. I mean, receivers aren't fast enough to get away from Johnny Law. That's not a good okay. sign. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know the old saying is you can't outrun a radio, but come on, people. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, well, I'll read your text, 502-414-1450. The two topics that I wanted to get into, um, first hour, probably not going to happen now. The Tyler Herald News is overshadowed. Oh, that. now it just rains it pours. But we should say congrats again. Emily Angster, Keanu Smith. Top 16 picks in the WNB draft, number four and number 16, respectively. Great night for Jeff Walls. Great night for Louisville women's basketball. It was a great night for all of us following it. We'll come right back. We'll talk more about this and take your text as well. 502-414-1450, the Thornton Sex Line. Mike Rutherford Show rolls on next here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. And it isn't just talk, talk, talk If I could only give you everything You know I haven't got I couldn't have one conversation Welcome back in, Mike Rutherford Show Rolling on here on a Tuesday Trevor Kelsey, the music today is the soundtrack to a movie that he watched last night It's not ringing a bell right off the bat for me This song, I... I thought this one might give it away because this sounds like every song they use in all their movies. Hmm. I'm trying to read into your words there, and I'm still not. You did have a good guess, though, at the break. You said Clueless, which is... That was the first song I thought. So you say it sounds like all the songs they use in their movies. It's not Coen Brothers because they don't... I feel like that doesn't sound like... I'm Coen Brothers is a little too serious. I was going to say, yeah. I, I was like, that doesn't sound like Coen Brothers. Well, I watched this it. sounds like every mid-90s, like, like sort of... You are like, in the right decade. Yeah, grungy of course. movie. Um, well, I'll tell you, because, it, it, I mean, I'll give you a clue. It is a comedy because I watched Chaplin first. So, as usual, I had to, like, you know, cleanse my, my comedy palette and, 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 get, and get something after the seriousness of Chaplin. You're like the actors who always say, I do one for me and one for them. <laughs> like you do the, the one serious movie that they want to do that's yeah. sort of like an indie thing and then the one block. It's like you, like one that's going to challenge my mind and make me feel, you know, think new things about life. The, uh, and then I'm also going to watch Starsky and Hutch right after <laughs> 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> not a joke that I made, by the way. Trevor actually did it. We talked about yeah. it. If you missed yesterday's show, that's not a joke. That's something that Trevor actually did over the weekend. And uh, <laughs> that's the, uh, the, the the Ben Affleck line in the Kevin's movie when they're Good Will Hunting too, and he's like, first you do the artsy movie that pays nothing, then you do the blockbuster, then you do then you do the movie to our friend because you have to, and he says he owes you. They look and you know break the fourth camera to Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Lion face, lemon face. One for me, one for them. Uh, we are reacting to the news, though, of the transfer of Louisville wide receiver Tyler Harrell. It's bad news kept coming. The bad news did keep coming. You were trying to get this in uh, while I was talking about sports, and 
<laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry I blocked you from reporting this. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, yeah, bad news continues. Gilbert Gottfried has passed away. Uh, just announced via his social media channels. Very uncool. 67. So they said after a long illness. Young. It's kind of it, – this reminds me a little bit of the Norm McDonald thing where nobody really knew he had been that sick until it kind of came out that he'd passed. Like I – was unaware that Gilbert Gottfried had been battling a quote long illness. You know, in today, in today's social media networking and everything, and everything, there's no secrets and no privacy. Well, I, obviously with Norm and him as well, I, I, I never want to see him pass. But I do have some comfort that they were able to keep it private. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, like, when you look at a guy like you know, you look back at you know, um, um. Uh, Freddie Mercury, who was able to, yeah, obviously, in the 80s, a little easier, was able to keep, you know, the fact he had AIDS secret for so long and until literally the very end when he finally came out and and then he passed on. But it's so hard to, I mean, today with celebrity, any kind of, I mean, we see the recent news with Bruce Willis, you know, with his illness yeah. and, and then retired. For them to actually just keep it secret and keep keep it private and not have to deal with, you know, 2 million Twitter followers say, hey, look at me, but I thoughts and prayers for you, though. Sure. Uh, that's I, I, I get a little bit of comfort in that, knowing they, they were able to keep this private and be not being harassed with it. We also now, several people have pointed this out already, we have a weird thing where, like, the Comedy Central roast of Bob Saget is becoming oh, so sort of cursed. Gone, yeah. You've got, like, there's a, a picture from that night after the, where they're celebrating of Norm, Gilbert, and Bob all together at a, a dinner table. And now all gone within a year of each other. Uh, Less was, than a year of each was, other. Was uh, uh, Geraldo on that? Because uh, he, he's passed on since. I don't know if he's on that roast or not. Hold on. Geraldo Rivera's dead? No, not Geraldo. Geraldo. Ger- uh, um, what's his first name? Geraldo was his last name. He was one. Of, he was one of, Him and uh, Jeff Ross were the two of the better roasters through those series. I don't know. I can't remember if he was on that roast or not. I just had it like a. I was like, Geraldo, no, Geraldo's I was like, Geraldo's dead. dead. No, 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 no. Geraldo's not dead. I mean, publicly on Twitter he is, but not on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> not, not actually physically. Yeah. A, a texter had pointed out we, we were mentioning before the break they hate about him on Twitter though. <laughs> yeah, we, we were mentioning before the break about Devon Mortimer, the wide receiver who had signed with Louisville on National Signing Day after being flipped from Florida State and was arrested and there really wasn't a whole lot of talk about it and we couldn't figure out what was going on. No. Uh, I texted us point out that he erased all of the U of L stuff from all of his social media profiles, which says to me, probably not going to come here to be a Cardinal, which hold on back up beat, 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 rewind. The, so this, this was like the, one of the, the big, like, hunky-dory feelings of recruiting for Satterfield this year, other than obviously in the California quarterback, which still is another year away from even coming here, if comes here. So so now, why, why am I why am I now satisfied that, that, that we were able to keep his job for begging? I mean, why, shouldn't we be back for wanting Brom? Well, point? it's the 2023 class that people are excited about. This coming uh, incoming class only had like two four-stars, and we've got, yeah, but this, the Florida State kid was a big deal when it, when he flipped. In terms he was because it was a last base, second deal. Keeping the fan base happy with Satterfield that was a huge deal. Yeah, and I, that's I don't think false, it was more. Not, I think it's more about the twenty twenty three kids because that class right now is ranked number six in the country. No, no, it's we're apparently now we're getting crystal ball predictions for this uh, this cornerback from California who. Speaking of, has an Alabama offer and apparently is going to commit to us. That's another four-star prospect. I mean, this is going to be the highest-rated recruiting class in the history of global football. So the Mortimer get was nice, a nice last-second addition, but he was one of two 
four-star prospects, or at least two players who had a four-star rating according to one of the recruiting services who signed with Louisville last year. This incoming class now is about to have six uh, commits already who are four-star prospects, and that's only with nine total commits. So it was nice, and it was going to bolster the recruiting, and it was always good to flip a kid from a conference rival. That was a huge deal when he flipped. We talked about it probably for a large portion of the show when it happened. Well, because it was the big news of the day. It was the only unexpected thing that happened that day. But it's not. It wasn't like a make or break. Like he's not as highly rated as, as I think four of the kids that we already have committed for for next year. But I find it a little odd that he's. I mean, maybe not coming here, and it, that's been pretty quiet. I mean, that was. Yeah, the, I just like tried to find something on him. Like, there's no references to him. Like, there wasn't even a story, an official story, written up about his arrest down in Florida. Like, you would think one of the local newspapers there would have. It's all just just those SEO like clickbait, which like. Who is Deshaun Mortimer and what was he arrested for? And then you read the story and they've got no information. They just have the same arrest report that's online that everybody's posted. But Louisville, to my knowledge, has not addressed this officially. If they have, somebody point me in the right direction. But it is telling that he has taken all the U of L stuff off of his. Wasn't he supposed to be profiles. on this upcoming team though? Yeah, he was supposed yeah. to report this summer. Was you know he's supposed to be a kid that was going to enroll here in a couple of months and start summer workouts and participate in fall camp. And I mean, we thought maybe compete for playing time right I mean, away on the field impact alone uh, that upsets me if he's not going to be here but also more so that the fact that i was so hoping to be able to say mortimer and make the trading places jokes uh, yeah i mean mortimer's uh, i mean I, I, also I was mortimer mouse there's all sorts of mortimer stuff yeah, you I was can do we get another run, a wide receiver named randolph i'm like randolph mortimer what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> That's, i want to so, i like uh, yeah how many mortimers do you find I mean, <laughs> Texture says, can't Big X offer Tyler Harrell an NIL deal? Where's the Big X money? Oh, well, you We've know. We've both been asking that question. It's all three to gift cards, buddy. Come on. <laughs> to, you, know, you, you can't reel in a big fish like TJ Walker and have, you know, stuff just lying around yeah, for everybody. Well, our, our salary cap's all being used up on Rutherford Roush and Walker <laughs> right now. I mean, I'm getting like the I'm getting like the veteran exception over here deal. <laughs> like the, the, the one year exception deal. You guys are the you guys you guys are the uh the, the Bosch and James and, and Wade of the group. I'm trying to get to you that uh that, that Phil Rich money. I'm over free legal it. services over, coming your way. I'm over like Michael Beasley like give me a one year deal. Uh Texture says didn't uh well yeah, we already addressed that. Texture says just catching up with yesterday's show the Peter Cottontail conversation reminded me of two stone teenagers wasting time in class. Uh, TK, a rhyme to the madness. Uh, yeah. my entire, you just described my entire life, Texture. Texture says, <laughs> give us Saban and we're cool with this. Yeah, that's right the trade. <laughs> Tyler Harrell for Nick Saban, straight up. I mean, don't do they have to have like a veteran? Who, who, who's the uh, down on his luck coach that's on the staff this year at Alabama? There's got to be somebody. I mean, there is. There's right. I mean, whether for whatever reason he's down his luck. Not whether, Sark anymore. Yeah, he's had one every year for like six straight years. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like didn't. I feel like he added somebody. No, there is somebody. I know there is, and this isn't even just making a bad joke. I'm I, with you. I, he added somebody of note to the staff during the offseason, and yeah. I can't remember who it is. Um, well, I just, I just Google searched Nick Saban, uh, Alabama football coaching staff, and the first thing that came up was Nick Saban. And then right below it, it was like Joe Paterno, and I was like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's the don't staff. think it's that. By the way, more terrible. I mean, apparently, Penn State was just doing all sorts of horrible. Did you read that story yesterday that came out? No, yeah, we'll get to. It. I, I retweeted it yesterday. If you want to read it, it's gonna it's gonna kind of ruin your day, but it's worth it. It's an incredible My story. Day's pretty much been downhill at this point since the show start, started out great talking expansion talk. Then it went to losing our best receiver, Godfrey Pat. 
passes. I mean, I know we had fun things to talk about today. Yeah, we, had, we started. We got we had like ten minutes of WNBA draft talk, yeah. and then boom, everything just goes to hell. It goes to hell. I haven't even got a chance. Well, I guess I could cheer myself up when we bring up the Yankees and Blue Jays from last night. Maybe are we saying? Oh, by the way, I love. I'm going to get so much mileage out of this when the Yankees have a bad offensive. Just Twitter oh. searching my buddy's name. I did notice because I, I saw those those tweets you sent me, and I was like, who is the, the name that was like, I assume that was the, the batting coach he replaced. Oh, Thames? Yeah. 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 And it's like, so I just Google him, and it comes up. The first thing that caught my attention was, so they, they replaced him with a guy from Louisville, Kentucky, and Thames is from Louisville, Mississippi. Oh. So that's kind of weird. That is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess um, it would be Louisville down there. But. It is. Remember they did that whole video this year? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm from Louisville. And, and I guess I told you, uh, you know Wick Terrell from the yeah, Reds. Yeah, go Reds. He lives in Colorado, and he lives in Louisville, Colorado. Nice. He used to say it all the time. Bill O'Brien is the Alabama that's coach it, that yes. I think is, is down as yes, well. Yes, that's who it was. Give us him. I mean, sure. Well, at what point does he hire Art Browse? <laughs> I mean... Texter says, will the- <laughs> you know it's inevitable, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Texas, will the Miami transfer be a big impact? Will he be our number one or number two receiver? Well, he better be. I mean, he better be a big impact. <laughs> our number one or number two receiver, Texter, nobody knows. That, that, is up for, that is literally up for grabs. I, mean, I think it, you have to assume Amari Huggins-Bruce is going to get a shot to be a starter. He yes. was the guy that when everybody had left and entered the transfer portal or had gotten hurt, I mean, remember he started the bowl game and played pretty well yeah. against Air Force. Well, if you go by statistics, him and Bra- well, him and Braden Smith, I think the only two that really have any receptions that do come back other than Ford. Right. Exactly. Literally, uh, no other receptions for anybody else, I don't think. And, well, I think Josh Johnson had a few Maybe, okay. late last year. And Braden Smith didn't have many because he did get injured. He got hurt. Yeah. I would assume, again, if Braden Smith, I'm assuming that he's going to be eligible to play and not suspended or, or anything like that i guess what we'll find out I wouldn't suspect yeah we, i suppose we'll find out in the the weeks to come but i mean you would assume huggins bruce braden smith and then the, the two bigger transfers the you know, hudson and higgins will be all be competing for the starting spots there maybe mortimer well i don't that doesn't sound like it but maybe, maybe i suppose right. we'll see mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean we need d wiggins I mean, it's so hard not to say t higgins it's we we need d wiggins to be very good this year God, i hope he's t higgins <laughs> that'd be awesome texture says boys let's not fool ourselves we aren't going to get any better this year the recruiting sounds good but 2022 is going to be a major letdown this <sighs> is this is kind of the i mean we talked about this when the recruits started to come in about there's kind of an awkward scenario in place because it, 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 it got a little bit awkward this past year with a a six and six slash six and seven season after the bowl game where you felt like you missed out on a bunch of opportunities. Like that team should have been better. We had you know the whole talk came up all you know, the entire season. Could have had four or five more wins. All that good stuff. And so you're in this awkward spot where you're hoping that they take a step forward, but you're not really sure if it's going to happen. And the last two seasons have been a disappointment. We keep Satterfield around. And now we're setting up what I think would be an even more awkward offseason if the team is not improved. If you go five and seven or six and six, on its face, and given Louisville's recent history as a football program, like that's fireable ground. You know, you had a, you had the one good year to start where you overachieved and went seven and five, um, and then won your bowl game. But people could say, well, it was Petrino's talent. He quit on the team. That's the only reason why they were so bad in 2018. And if Louisville goes 6-6 six and six or 5-7 and seven next year, God forbid, it's three consecutive, not just losing seasons, but disappointing seasons where you had expectations of being markedly better and you didn't live up to those. And we probably should, just based on that, fire you and move on to the next era. But 
you've got the highest rated recruiting class in Louisville history now, waiting in the wings. Well, how much weight does that? Yeah, how much? But at this point, I mean, after next season is finished, like we'll know where they are. We'll know how it stands. We'll know who's who's officially signed on to be a part of this program. How much weight does that carry? How many wins does that make up for if you don't have the type of season that you're looking forward to? Or do you just say, good enough's not good enough. Doesn't matter who's coming in. Doesn't matter who stays or who leaves. We've got to turn the page. We got to get somebody. We're starting from scratch. It would be, man. The easiest thing for everybody, the best thing for everybody. And we, when we started the show in August, we had this exact same talk. Please, God, just win enough to make everybody at least mildly happy. <laughs> well, at the, we started going undefeated. You, there's always going to be people that aren't, you're never going to satisfy everyone. But like, if you go seven and five with the right combination of wins or eight and four, I think eight and four is, is a number that would make just about everybody at least satisfied. Oh, yeah. And you've got these recruits coming in. Then I think people can get behind this. Then I feel like you have momentum. If the results don't match the expectations or are below the expectations, then it becomes weird. Because do you risk losing all these kids that we're so excited about? It doesn't help that you you have still the the, the thought of a coach that is a better that you think and most people think will do a better job in possibly wanting to be here in Jeff Brom. Like if you don't have that like hanging over the Satterfield head even going into the season. Well, do you know we, you know what we haven't talked about. Bring, on the show, bring Brum home yet? The fact that he just signed a contract extension through twenty twenty seven. Adam, holy crap! Yeah, we have not brought that up. I didn't. I, I didn't know if you'd seen it. I didn't want to break it. Trevor just threw his highlighter. Just just threw his highlighter. We've lost Trevor Kelsey for the rest of the show. He didn't. He didn't know that this happened. <laughs> he didn't know that. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I, I thought you at least were like somewhat aware of the fact that I'm eating my roast beef. You just talk. All right. Well, we, we got to throw it to break anyway. Trevor's going to eat roast beef and be sad during the break. I mean, they, I know they say it comes in threes, but I mean, seriously. Harold Gottfried, Harold Gottfried, Brom Con. I mean, yeah. I mean, but this was also news from last week that you just, I think, missed. I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want to bring it up, but yeah, that happened. What are you going to do next? Like, kick my dog while pouring sugar in my gas tank? I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll take more of your texts, and we will talk about the other, uh, I think, notab- notable item in the world of Louisville Athletics today. That's coming up in hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show, which you'll hear next right here on 1450 The Big X. The street, seven years Welcome to hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Tuesday, a nice Tuesday outside. Not so nice Tuesday here in the studio. It's been a terrible Tuesday so far. It started off so promising. Like we, I think we had a solid, fun expansion draft '92 talk at the beginning of the show. I want to go back to that. We got into the success of the uh, you know WMEA draft for Louisville players last night with Emily Angsler going fourth overall and Keon Smith going 16th overall, and then boom. We get smacked with the news that Tyler Harrell's under the transfer portal. Boom. We get smacked with the news that Gilbert Gottfried is dead. Boom. Trevor gets smacked with the news that Jeff Brom signed a contract extension through 2027 last week. And now, boom, 
I can't figure out how to get the Reds game on TV here. <laughs> it's it, it's all. It, Are y'all on already? What time? Four ten is when the game starts. Uh, Reds Guardians. It's opening day for the Reds. Even though they didn't get to technically have the the traditional opening day where they play the first game uh, at home for the first time since 1990. Only the third time ever. Only the third time ever. First that, time since 1990. That we're going to remember now. Yeah, yeah I, I like that it stuck with you. Yeah, you you never know what's going to stick and what's not going Maybe to. Maybe for about a, ask me in a month, but yeah. And then we also, I mean, today, I don't know if you've even seen this, the comments by Phil Castellini that have, have gone nuts. I saw you tweet something because I looked at your Twitter feed, but I went to too late, and then I got distracted by your press conference video okay and i started watching that took up the last of my time before i walked in here understandable so i didn't i did see you tweet something about him but i did not see the read it or anything if you will allow me like three minutes here say 30 three oh i've got to talk about this so you know bob castellini is the 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 big boss the 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 major owner of the the reds he's basically dead like he's he's his family's making the move for him or lack of moves for him and the hashtag for reds fans kind of like mike brown Pretty much, this entire offseason has been sell the ta- sell the team, Bob, because they're not they're not trying. They took over 15 years ago. They had this grand declaration of we are here to win championships. We're here to compete. We're here to do everything necessary to make this team more competitive than it's been in years past. And they have not won a series in the playoffs. So they took over in oh, 2007, I believe. Okay. And they, did they buy from the Marshall family or anything? Or was there? No, I think there was in between. I think there was, yeah. Regardless, they haven't been great. I know. And so Phil Castellini today, on opening day, goes on the radio at WLW uh, in Cincinnati. And their big spike station. And he gets asked about sort of the the unrest amongst the fan base and people saying they, they should sell the team if they're not going to work harder or try or spend money to, to make the Reds competitive. And his response, you know, most people would say, we're doing the best we can. Like, let's support the team. Obviously, we want to be competitive. I think we've made moves that you know you're going to see the fruits of this th- these labors in years to come. Yeah. Instead, he says, if they don't like it, where are they going to go? Are they going to stop rooting for the Reds? Oh. Are they going to? F- there's no other team for them to go to. No. The worst possible thing that you can possibly say in that in that position. Is, if, if I had been next to him, I just roll up a newspaper and smack him on the nose, like bad. Bad film. Don't say that. To paint the, the proper picture, too, Phil Castellini looks like the bad guy in every kid's 90s movie. <laughs> you know who he looks like? He looks like the dad from Rookie of the Year, the stepdad from Rookie of the Year. Not told him to the... <laughs> after the kid starts getting famous, where he's like dressing up and putting sunglasses on and just yeah. because, being a total douche. That's who Phil Castellini looks like. Told him to the Yankees. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty much who he is. So he does a follow-up interview on the field that's on TV, and like the interviewer, who I, I, I'm not sure who it was, is pretty much like, I've, I've got to ask you, because there's been a lot of talk about your, some comments you made on the radio. Castellini, as the whole family has apparently been for the last 15 years, completely oblivious to the fact that he has said something that has rubbed people the wrong way. He's like, well, what are people upset about? And he's the, the guy's like, I think to sum up, it was the notion that your first response to, you know, your comments or your reaction to fans being upset was, where are they going to go? Maybe they should just find another team. And he was like, well, I mean, didn't back down at all. Like, he, th- these are his comments. I hate this family. I want them out of my life entirely. They're ruining my sports fandom. I need this right now. It, it, Louisville men's basketball seems to be pointing in the right direction, but we've had some bad years. Football has not been living up to expectations. I've got the GD Lions over here being the Lions. I've got nowhere else to turn. I need you to at least be competitive or competent through half of the summer like get me to august I mean, where i can remain interested and 
you're giving me no hope of that happening. I mean, Louisville's trying for you. We're tripping over our own two feet, it feels like. on Trying is a start. Step. I appreciate it. Um, I think the Lions have started to try a little bit now, that especially that the 95-year-old woman who was running the team has now stepped aside and they're... I think her great granddaughter is taking over at this point, and they're going to be on Hard Knocks. Yeah, they're going to be, and, and they're going to be on Hard Knocks. Yes. Can't wait! It's going to be great. And they're hosting a draft, and they're hosting. It's all happening. Yeah, it's all happening. You should go to that draft. They're going to win at least five games at some point. What does your mug say, by the way? Bartlett for America. It's a West Wing mug. Okay, that's the one thing. <laughs> it took me a second. It didn't mean it threw me off for a minute. I didn't. I don't know the West Wing reference. I know. You, you eventually got to watch. It's a good yeah. show. You'd like it. I, I do. I should check it out. <laughs> I know what you did there. <laughs> uh, with the Reds, I mean, you know what's insane is that it's sad as he. I think I, I feel like he knows he can say this because the Reds have such a very loyal fan base and a very good fan. I mean, it's a great baseball city and a good fan. It's. I mean. Oh, God, you're staying with them. I mean, you have yeah. reason to leave. I mean, they've given you every reason for every fan to leave, you know, over the last, I guess, I want to say 15 years, which is ironically the same time frame that they've owned this team, as you said. But, like, I watch opening day, like, at the Reds, like, when they do open, you know, on opening day, and just the festivities and the parades and the parties. I mean, it's a, it's a spectacle. I mean, it's not something you say. I mean, this is a Blue Jay fan. We did opening day. It didn't look like that. You know, we had a nice little crowd, and we won, but it didn't look like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, I, I feel, that's where I feel bad for Reds fans, even though I don't like the city of Cincinnati that much. But, come on, you just can't, I mean, what, are you just begging them to go be Cleveland fans? I posted a, I posted a picture of, so my, my kids met the Easter Bunny over the weekend. You did, yeah. And your, your son, Lil Trevor, John Rutherford, he, LT. <laughs> little, yeah, LT, Lil Trevor, <laughs> TK and LT, he is like staring like he was he was good like didn't cry at all wasn't scared but just kind of like stared looked and looked pissed off the entire time the easter bunny's holding him and we took a a few pictures like some with just with with him in virginia and then their cousin audrey was there too and so we took some with all three of them and i posted the picture and it was just like when you're meeting the easter bunny for the first time but you just found out that tyler harrell's transferring and like zoomed in on his face because the the two girls are smiling and looking precious and he's just like furious and my guy connor shay responded with is like or when you're watching Starsky and Hush after watching 12 Years of Slave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is perfect. Um, Both good movies. Yeah, but that, that's my Reds rant. I'm, I mean. I can't stand them. Hey, I, look, the Reds game's on. <laughs> he missed everything. Oh. It was a truck on fire. It's supposed to be on Fox. <laughs> it was, it was a, actually, it was just a truck that was on fire. That's why I was making a joke, but you looked up too late. Good joke. Uh, yeah. Texter says, "GD Mike, you just broke that Brom news for all of us. Nobody knew that." I thank you. I where, where was I for this? When did this happen last week? Read your Car Chronicle news and notes. It was on there. <laughs> it's kind of hard to say I do, and it's probably in there. <laughs> it was on there. there. There was something like I remember. I almost brought it up last I week. Skim it. There was something, some topic that we talked about on Thursday or Friday where I almost brought it up, and I can't remember what it was. I, I think somebody had done the thing where it was like. North Carolina was the 30th seeded team in the NCAA tournament and ended up making the national title game, you know, played Kansas pretty closely. Mm-hmm. And somebody looked at the the final college football playoff rankings and they're like, the number 30 team was Purdue. And they're like, do we think they would have had a shot against Georgia or Alabama or something? Um, no. And I almost, I was going to bring that up as a topic of conversation. And be Tennessee. Yeah. And that was going to be Jeff Brom, but he has signed a contract <sighs> extension that will so- keep him in West Lafayette. Through the 2027 what, season. So what does that bring his buyout to after next year? Higher than it was. I would be willing to bet. Oh, man. You need a moment? 
I just, I, I'm just trying to think what I can sell. <laughs> I'm just trying to constantly have a bake sale or something. Uh, it might just get baked in general. <laughs> I don't know. One of the two. Uh, it's, it's depressing. I, I, I'm still saying, you know what? I don't care. I'm still holding hope. Keep hope alive. Texture says some good news. Okay. I need good news, Texture. Give it to me. Kamari Lance talked to Kenny Payne is reaffirmed to stay with us. So there's some good news. Lance, yes. Fisher, oh. Ward, Ree McNeil, another point guard transfer will be a nice little haul. Yeah, I mean, we all sort of expected, I think, the fact that Kamari Lance was answering questions on his social media channels after Kenny Payne got hired and saying, like, I love this dude, card for life, like I'm trying to recruit Scott Clark here and all this stuff. I think that kind of let us know that he was probably going to stick around. But to hear it officially that he talked with Kenny Payne and is going to be a Cardinal, that's a big deal. Because, like, I maybe I'm – like I'll be perfectly honest. Like, I was very high on VJ King a few years ago. I thought he was a guy who was going to step up and be a producer right away. I'm very high on Kamari Lands right now. I hope that I'm not as wrong this time. I think he's a guy who absolutely could be a starter or a first guy off the bench, depending on how this roster shaping plays out over the next few weeks. Um, but even if he's not a superstar right off the bat, like I think he's a he's a guy who could be a fantastic college player for two or three years and then go pro. Um, it's big for— a reason to believe that B.J. King would be good, though. I mean, there was nothing— he just, I went to the practice that summer, and he just had that look about him. Like, the, this is how McDonald's All-American basketball players are supposed to look. He had the size. He oh, yeah. moved the right way. He just Everything was so smooth. Mm-hmm. And then you just realize he – I hate to even say this, but, like, he just didn't have the toughness to be a player at this level. And, you know, Chris Mack kind of said that when he came in. He was like, he, he plays too pretty. Like, he doesn't want the contact. He can't finish with contact. He loses confidence when he gets the ball knocked away when he's driving to the basket. Struggle defensively. Yeah, all of that just yeah, he definitely struggled defensively. He just and he also just never got better. Like that was the other thing, just didn't improve. We kind of saw a similar thing with Sam Williamson, where it felt like he was oh, basically the, the same player for three years. It was a mirror of it almost. Which hey, Sam, by the way, we never got an official announcement for him. It was just kind of reported because everybody can see when a player enters the transfer portal. So we all knew that Sam Williamson was in the transfer portal, but he officially said goodbye to Louisville fans yesterday on his, his social media channels, thanked everybody. It wasn't exactly a heartfelt message. It was just kind of like, thank you for everything, Louisville. Yeah, and then I mean, here's four pictures of me in happier times. From I mean, he's past. not going to shed a tear like me when hearing about Jeff Brom's extension or anything. But, I mean, he's he's not. I can see, you know, hey, you know, at least he put something out there. He didn't have to even do that. He could have, He could have easily just went on his way and moved on and, not even put something out there. So at least you give him class for doing that. The text line, we are getting some stray KRC text, which tends to happen. They're roasting TJ Walker. What did TJ say today? Apparently TJ said something along the lines of, like, Duke is still not recruiting better than Kentucky, which is just patently false right now. I don't know what TJ is smoking if he did say that, but <laughs> the the text line is giving him all sorts of grief. TJ, uh, respond to these people. Plumley Bro 1 is now chimed in. Oh, Plumley Bro. <laughs> per Matt Jones on KSR today. Is there a Matt Jones, uh, TJ Walker feud? I feel like I see these the sometimes on via the text uh, line. I don't think there's one like tremendous feud. I mean, well, they, we're worked, they very worked together briefly, but TJ Walker hates Matt Jones and Matt Jones hates TJ Walker. He's threatened. <laughs> He's threatened by TJ. He's threatened by the whole big X. We know that. Be, I am. We know that for a fact. <laughs> uh, per Matt Jones on KSR today, Duke is kicking our tail in recruiting. Out of the 20 guys that we both wanted in recruiting, they have gotten 17 of those guys. Wow. I'm not trying to be annoying, TJ, but the Plumley Bros were never lying. Of the 17, they got 20. I mean, There's been 20 players that Duke and Kentucky have been actively what, recruiting. Like two years or so, I guess. I, I mean, I don't know. There's no way. Duke hasn't gotten 17 guys in two years. I mean, I don't think that. I think it's, I guess, since Calipari got to Lexington, there have been 20 players that they have both wanted, and Duke's gotten 17 of them, is what that text is saying. Okay. TJ's texting me. 
<laughs> he texted me earlier, but it was with a show. He says, I never said that. You're just reading texts of people making things up. Now he's just going after the text line. He hates <laughs> Matt Jones. He hates Duke. He hates his own texters. Hates the Plumley Bros. He hates the he hates all the Plumley Bros, both real and text <laughs> variations. Oh man. We need to get we need to get a family like the Zeller brothers texting us in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that, I don't have the Plumley Bros. because it is two brothers that text in. Like so that's how they got Oh, is that what, how it happened? Yeah. yeah. I thought they got their nickname on there. I don't remember how it became Plumley, but I mean, yeah. The Plumleys just kept coming, and they all they just. They, well, they, so the Zellers, in a way. I mean, they just didn't all go to one school like the Plumleys did, though. I mean, it is a wild run right now for for John Shire. If you look at like twenty twenty three and twenty twenty two, like he is. I don't know who all these seventeen were. I don't know. We're not going to look it up. And I mean, but this is and this is something that would be a KRC subject. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, three of the top four players according to twenty four seven Sports in the upcoming class twenty twenty two are going to Duke. Um, four of the top 10 players are going to Duke. The only player that they have who's kind of ranked outside the top 10 um, is the uh, Jaden Shutt kid. And this is what Coach K has been doing in recent years, taking all the, the best five stars he can get, but then also sprinkling in a, a guy or two who he thinks could be a good three, four-year college player. Like, that's become his new philosophy. And It's not like he invented that, but yeah. Yeah, but, but, he's, but he wasn't always doing that. Like the, no, the, no, you're right. I know. The yeah. reddish... You know, Zion Barrett class, I think, kind of started that because he had those guys, and then um, who's Tyus Jones's brother? What was his, his Trey Jones? Yeah, and like nobody else. And he was like, okay, I guess I better get. Like, I don't want to have to reload this entire like thing because for the most part, teams that have been winning national titles have had good freshman talent, but have also had experienced college players who are just maybe better college players than that young talent. And I think it's a, a wise philosophy. But Shire right now, I mean, he's got. Three, again, three of the top four players in the 2022 class, the number three player in the 2023 20, uh, class, and then the number nine player in that class as well. Like, he is he's killing it. Which one is Nolan taking? Well, I mean, still waiting to find out. Uh, the, the Mbako kid committed to Duke, as we expected. The Proctor kid, who's number nine in that class, is committed to Duke. And then Caleb Foster, I think, is the one that some Louisville fans have been saying might follow I thought the Mbako dude was the dude that was... Well, the Mbako dude had, hadn't committed anywhere when Nolan okay. was going to... So that's why some people were like, eh, you know, maybe. But then he went ahead and, and committed to Duke on yeah, Friday. No. But the Caleb Foster kid, who's number 13 overall in that class, is the one player that I've... That, you know, These people who are hearing these rumors have been kind of saying, but Duke feels seems to feel very confident that he's not going anywhere. I think, uh, I think Coach Cow should be fired for not being able to recruit. TJ said, didn't, <laughs> didn't you get mad when people said you had a feud with Mangus? I don't think anybody ever said that about Did me. Did you have a feud with Mingus? No, never. I used to do a show with Mark. I love Mark. I don't think anybody's ever said that. I didn't know you had a feud with him. Now I'm mad at TJ, too. Now he's now, now, <laughs> now I'm mad rumors. at TJ. Now TJ's <laughs> mad at me. Now TJ's just mad at everybody. <laughs> I love you all. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Texas, I really do feel bad it's for Rutherford. Brash, I hate him. <laughs> Texas, I really do feel bad for Rutherford after he just rambled off all the teams that he follows. What a sad, miserable, painful life. It is bad. You, I, I mean, obviously, I've, obviously we share the Louisville depression to a degree but i mean i've mentioned this fact before you do when you told me you were a lions fan but i bet you i was like i know what a lions fans the guy my cousin buried he's not even that big of a fan once the Bengals won a playoff game this season the reds became or the, the lions became no the, the reds the reds became the team in the the big three american professional sports leagues major league baseball nba nfl the longest drought of winning a playoff series or playoff game, depending on what league you're looking at. They're number one. Longest drought. I thought the Lions were number one. The Lions are number two. I thought it was the other way around. Okay. 
Because the Reds have not won a playoff series since they won the World Series in 90. Oh, okay. Well, then, then yeah. Because then, yeah, then the Lions won in 91. Yeah. 91. Yeah. So, again, quite literally, my two favorite pro- professional sports teams have been the worst professional sports teams in all of professional sports <laughs> since I became fans of them. I mean, the Reds have won a playoff game. They did. They won the first two against the Giants yeah. in the NLDS and then lost three three in a row in horrific fashion and then watched the Giants win the World Series. And then they, then they kind of – I don't know. Well, they – did you mention they won a game? Did they win a game against the Braves in like '96 or whatever it was? Too the, in the NLCS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they had Ron. Gant. I think they won too. Yeah, but they yeah. Ron Since, Gant after he destroyed his leg on the motorcycle and came back and had a little yeah. little resurgence with the Reds a little bit. They haven't been great. I mean, they had a great window from 2011 through 2014 where they just did nothing. Like, yeah, that was the the, the Votto and not Votto obviously, but the Cueto and Ed, uh, I guess 2010 is when it started because they Aaron, got swept Aaron by the Phillies and them. Yeah, but well. Weird to, to include Aaron Harang there, but okay. Well, he was like the number, what's he, the three-starter, I think, behind Volca, Edison Volca. Volca and Johnny Cueto. Yeah. I mean, he was on the 2010. I don't think he was there for 2011, because then they, they had to call up Mike Leake when Cueto got hurt. Who was the big burnout pitcher? Bronson Arroyo. Arroyo, yeah. You yeah. Knew he was high every time he talked. I mean, I love Bronson. Uh, Still dude, do. That dude, was, that dude was constantly 24 They're together again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> first of all, I actually met him. And I just looked at I was like, Dude, <laughs> like, rolled. you make me look like a normal guy. Texture says, you've got to win nine to ten games to have a good shot at keeping superior players. In today's day and age, if a better team calls a player on a terrible team slash Louisville, said player will leave 99% of the time. Nine to ten, I mean, winning nine to ten games regularly is pretty damn good in college football. Also says, um, Pierce Clarkson won't start a game at Louisville. Are they claiming? This texture is actually a... Is he claiming that he actually won't ever come here then? Is that what he's saying? I don't know. Uh, Texter says, is he a UK fan? These are all these texts. Ryan Howard won a t- tougher, tougher, tougher conference tourney and beat South Carolina. Had a better year than any Louisville I girl. You. I mean, that's exactly what I, I mean. She I didn't. didn't. I mean, she she lost Louisville like she did every single year yeah. and didn't go to a Final Four, didn't win a game in the NCAA tournament, got upset by Princeton. Golden Sombrero. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she, she, she did nothing in her college career because she went to UK. Now, on the other hand, the other Ryan Howard won a World Series. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> not Ryan. Love messing with you on that. <laughs> Even though I really don't see the difference, but I still love messing with you on it. Texter says, uh, other good news, I read that Brahms buyout is really low, like one mil. Mm, Texter, you're just mean. I think they're just messing that's with just you. mean, man. That's just, well, that's just not funny. Texter says, Mike, take Mess one. with a man's emotions. Mike, take one for the team and start rooting for UK, please. No, you did. If anything, I mean, it bears mentioning right now in this moment. No, you, my favorite hockey team is the Colorado. I was going to say you did. You did, I was about to bring that up because you have left that out, and the Avalanche do have a championship in the last thirty years. They got two, two. Yeah, so I didn't even remember that. Ninety six, ninety two. Yeah, I and they're the, oh. about to get number three. This ain't coming up in a few months. Yeah, so see, you, you have success. Yeah, but they're like they're the low man on the totem pole for me. If I'm ranking yeah. my passion level for the the teams that I follow, they're. Clearly behind the Reds and the Lions, and obviously every U of L. You don't have an NBA team. I don't have an NBA team. And say, I used to root for the Jazz just to piss people off because everybody hated the Jazz, and I wish I'd kind of kept that going because Jerry now they have Sloan. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I'm kind of rooting for the, and we've got NBA I mean, play in greatest players or Louisville players in Mitchell and Griffin in their history. Yeah, I mean we we've also got NBA play in games tonight, playing round whatever yeah. the hell you're calling it, um, and three Louisville players are involved in this. You've got Trez and Terry with the Hornets, and you've got Gorgie with the with the Hawks. Um, I don't think either one are playing. Yeah. They're playing each other tomorrow night, so they're not a part of the the round tonight. But I want to see, like, the Hornets are fun as hell. Like, Le'Veon, not not Le'Veon Bell. uh, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball. 
and Terry Rozier are a fun backcourt, and Trez has been a welcome addition. They play a fun brand of back. I'd love to see them win and get into an actual series and make that thing interesting. Terry's had a fantastic run down there. Second pick, your paint of the Pacers are for the first time in over thirty years will have a, a pick in the lot, a pick in the draft of single digits. You, you said that, which is a mind blowing fact. They That's have unreal. not picked higher than tenth, and it's not like they've traded out. By the way, I'm not. This doesn't like a. Like, you know, a, a sneak around it by saying, well, they had a fifth pick in, or sixth pick in one year and they traded down. No, they've never had a pick lower than 10 since 1989. That's, that's nuts. The last time they had a pick, and, and oddly enough, this is the worst year they've had since going into the 88 draft when they had the second pick and took Rick Smiths out of Marist. In 89, they took uh, George McLeod at number 10, Florida State. Didn't pan out. By the way, both told me Rose have texted that. Both? Both. Well, they're out of school. They're teachers. Plumbie Row, too. TJ still thinks Kentucky recruits just as well as Duke. LMAO. <laughs> TJ still gets crap about the Grayson Allen's going to cost Duke recruiting text or tweet a few years ago. What did he say? And he, and he has, he, he does name like a certain people that I guess it did affect in their recruiting, but like when Grayson Allen was at the height of his tripping at Duke. Uh-huh. Oh, he thought that it was going to He said keep. this is going to affect Grayson Allen is no, because people don't want to come play with him. Like they're this is gonna hurt their recruiting and like the honestly that's not a terrible take and I don't I, hate that take and people have, of course you know obviously ripped him because Duke has recruited so well since Grayson Allen's been there and while he was there as well but I think there there was specific like specific names he knew because I think he was following recruiting at the time as well for rivals that he had like knew that were on the fence because Grayson Allen was there which I don't know how much it ended up impacting but, I don't think it did but, but, still, but I still I don't hate the take I think freezing even freezing like cold takes or whatever. Gave him a retweet on that. Did one. they? Yeah, I've only got, I've gotten retweeted by freezing. They follow me. I've only gotten retweeted once. I've never. I don't think. I mean, I'm, I don't tweet enough probably to, to put myself out there enough to, to get picked up by them. Even though I could. Mine was pretty harm. Like I, I've made way worse predictions, but they had like the uh, somebody had posted a message board thing that Miami football fans were talking about about how the whole thing was going to play off with how they were going to land Mario Cristobal and how this was like any talk to the contrary was conspiracy. And I, I just wanted to make like a crappy C minus joke, and I just said you anon, like because it, it seemed like it was a far fetched theory. And then it's exactly what happened. Like they they fired the guy and they waited till the perfect time and mm-hmm. they hired Mario Cristobal. And I got retweeted for that, but they didn't even give me crap because I think everybody was making the same crappy joke. I didn't get credit for my uh, when I think it was I was like six months or so. I can't remember what day it was when when something happened. I was like, "Wince is going to get traded to the the Colts." I promise you, I guarantee it. And like six or seven months later, nailed it. Yeah, traded. Yeah, oh, I even man. found my tweet and like retweeted. I was like, "Told you." We have a Zeller brother texting in. <laughs> Do we have a Zeller brother? Do we have a Zeller brother now in general? Texas says Zeller brother here. <laughs> Just here to say Trevor sucks. <laughs> Well, you're Cody. <laughs> Texas says, fun fact, Mike used to be a UK fan when Tubby Smith was the coach. I mean, Tubby won a national Is title. true, Mr. Rutherford? Oh, no. I've never okay. been a UK yeah, fan. Yeah, right. My family wouldn't have allowed it. Oh, I mean. I was on the goalposts for the LSU miracle in the bluegrass game. <laughs> no, I, I wish I could take credit for any bad thing that's happened to UK sports. But I, uh, I, I, went, I, was, I went to a lot of UK games but because my uncle had season tickets, but I was never. I was always a UFL fan. There was a brief period when I was like a, a kid where I didn't. Like I hate UK football. I, didn't, I never hated UK football because it was never exactly. It was never threatening. I never cheered for him, but like I didn't actively root against him. Like, I hated Ohio State growing up in football way more than I hated UK. I never really see. I didn't because I had friends that lived from 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 Columbus and from Dublin, and like some, one of my best friends, like especially in like middle school, was from there. And so I like that's the one reason I was also kind of like Jimmy Jackson, uh, Joey Galloway was. Some, I liked some of those players from the early mid nineties. 
was Ohio State. I was kind of, I guess Eddie George. I got to meet Eddie George eventually later on, which was really cool, really nice guy. But uh, the Kentucky games I went to were before we even started playing them in 94. Like, I went to all the games in, like, 90, 91, 92. Like, those three seasons in a row, I went to every home game. And then went to – and his 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 mother and my uh, uh, on that side of the family, and my uncle had season tickets that weren't great. She had four tickets, 50-yard line, third row. Like, season tickets to Kentucky football. And, and they had them for years. Mm-hmm. So, like, once a year I got to go to a U.K. game, which <laughs> – was awesome because the SEC was. I mean, sure. I was at the Chris Doring game. I got to see technically Peyton Manning's last game, a, a, a regular season game against Kentucky. They beat him like fifty to twelve. I was sitting in the fourth fifty yard line watching Peyton Manning at Tennessee just destroy him. The Auburn game, I remember getting to five minutes late and it was twenty eight nothing. Stephen Davis and Michael Westbrook and a lot of great SEC players I got to see during that stretch. Just none of them on Kentucky's roster. Texas says Rutherford was a UK basketball fan during the late eighties. Confirmed. That was the true one. Texas Reds update. Nick Crawl just got booed on opening day at home. I heard you'd have a midfield jersey. Texas says, we now need Brian to go find his own head coaching job so we can keep the Bring Brom home motto alive and well. I say we just hire Brian from, as, as, from, as coordinator for head coach. I think Brian will be head coach soon. I think he's, he's getting enough buzz. I think he also is ready to kind of branch out. Well, hell, I know he's ready to come back to Louisville. Um, I know he was ready four years ago and definitely three months ago. Um, <laughs> Texture says with Brom signing this extension, we really have no choice but to back Satterfield for probably multiple years to come. Not being able to hire Brom means a rebuild for Louisville if Sack gets fired and the 2023 recruits probably go. I'm thinking this team goes six and six, maybe seven and five this year. So hopefully the 2023 recruits stay on board and Sack can reach his max potential by 2025. Kenny Payne gives us plenty of hope, which is something we barely have for Sat. I'm with him on the like. I hate that we're doing this now because it feels like this is the the hope that you should have after like year two, but it's taken this long to recruit this well. It does kind of feel like now we're all pointed towards like the 2024 season at earliest for being where we kind of want to be as a program. And I also agree. Like I think that Jeff was pissed off about the way that things played out in November to the point where, and, and I know Vince is no longer the AD, but I think even with that being the case, like I, I think that if he hadn't signed this contract extension with Purdue, he probably was going to like like put Louisville on the back burner for at least a, a while. Like he was not happy with the way that week happened. <laughs> Understandably so. You're not the only one, buddy. Yeah. So you're not the only one. I, I still, like I, I, you know, people are like, well, he's never going to come home. It's just never going to happen. I, never say never. I mean, he's. He was ready. He's ready. Um, Dude, can we just move on? I know. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I hate talking about it. It just makes me angry. But I agree with the texter. The best thing the best thing for Louisville football, the best thing for Louisville fans in general, is Scott Satterfield kills it this year. We get these recruits. We get momentum. He winds up being the guy that we all hope he's going to be, and he brings Louisville football back to you know national relevance, which is that's the goal right now. I hope I hope he does make me move on and forget. Texas, take a drink every time Trevor tells us he kind of likes the Ohio State because he has friends that are fans. It does come up a lot. Does it? It does. I have friends. It's, I, I like to brag about it. <laughs> you just, just keep bringing it up. Um, uh, Texas says, uh, okay, we, i tell you what, the topic that he wants us to talk about is something that I do want to talk about, and we'll get there. There's a little bit of a, I don't want to say kerfuffle, but, you know, the Tom Jurch stuff has been out there for a while. There was an event on Friday that we haven't talked about that probably warrants talking about, and then a quote got out today that definitely 
I think caught the attention of Louisville fans. So we'll get to that after the break. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to, to be aware of this. That's okay. Just like the Brom contract. They, they just put news updates on Netflix and Hulu. They do. You're right. <laughs> like across the bottom screen. In between your movie binge. Yeah. They just, just let you know. This, here's what you missed while you were watching Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> and four seasons of Rescue Me. Uh, we'll talk about what Trevor missed coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. No idea what this movie is that you watched last night. Are you ready for another clue? Yes. It is a sports movie. Okay. It's not necessarily roughness. I'm thinking of no. 90 sports movies that were kind of comedies from around this area, and I, I, nothing is coming to my mind right now. It is a sports movie. Um, <laughs> it stars a beautiful woman who I only have ever seen her in this movie and in the show Weird Science. I never watch Weird Science. Her name's Vanessa Angel, by the way. So don't Google that because that'll give it away. Okay. Well, I'm not going to. She's gorgeous. So. That's the, for some reason it's the only two things I ever remember seeing her in. <clears throat> I can't. I'm, I mean, you know the movie. I, I I have to be aware of the movie about it. The soundtrack is not triggering anything for me. The text I, line's not guessing anything either. The last so. I thought I thought the Blues Traveler might give it away. I know the last song I have should give it away. I mean, the Blues Traveler would have given it away to me, but the uh, the last song, which I guess I could play it to the top of the five o'clock hour to help you out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I sorry, you just, we'll get there. I'm, I'm gonna a, think. You, just, you don't have enough time to watch as many movies as I do. I know. We'll 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 figure it out. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> I tease this, so let's talk about this first. I know you want to get to your your couch story from last night, and I I want to hear your couch story. <laughs> have we even like like framed what that is? I think you've talked about it. Have I? I can't remember. The thing is. You're this, you're so much the same person on air as you are off air. I, I can't remember the things that you tell me off air and the things that you tell me while we're actually doing a live radio show, uh, which is awesome. But also, well, I mean, it's, there it's, are certain yeah. things that you tell me off air that I know you haven't said on air. But oh, this yeah, is no. not one of those yeah, things. I, I, when I know there's a lot that I should, when, you know, it's bad when I know I can't say it on air. Or when you even have doubts, because yeah. every time you have a doubt, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm glad you didn't say that. That's that. That would have been a bad, bad moment for us. I like to credit it to being funny, but nonetheless, it, I mean, some of them are very funny, <laughs> yeah. but some of them are, are just in poor taste, well. beyond poor taste, and that's okay. <laughs> that's the funny part. <laughs> so we haven't talked about this in, in, in a while. The whole athletic director situation, because it's yeah, it's yeah. fizzled a little bit, and, and I think that's primarily due to the fact that. Josh Hurd hired the guy that most Louisville fans wanted in mm-hmm. Kenny Payne. And even the ones who were a little bit hesitant, I think, have been won over by the last few weeks and the, the good vibes that seem to be present throughout the program and how well Josh has, has kind of acquitted himself throughout this entire process, this, this sort of awkward situation for the past four months where he's been 
the interim AD at a time of much upheaval with the program's two biggest sports. So it, there was the movement a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how else to describe it, but there was a, the movement a couple of months ago of from pro-Tom Jurich people advocating for him to come back to get the job and take it from Josh Hurd or take it from Devon Thomas or whoever else was being considered. You had Jurich in town a few weeks after that, you know, talking to members of the media, the pictures that got out, and it became a whole news story. But since then, it's kind of died down. On yeah. Friday, there was – an. I didn't hear this talked about that much, which maybe goes to show why things played out the way it, it did. But UofL essentially hosted like this this open forum, open community forum for people to come out and talk about the open athletic director spot, who they would advocate for, what they wanted to see. And they set uh, Tim Sullivan wrote the story in the Courier Journal. They set up 130 chairs, expecting a crowd, and six people were there, <laughs> and three of them were were media members covering the event. And where was the set? <laughs> I think it was on U of L's campus. Uh, I could be wrong. The so the the three people who spoke all wanted Tom Jurich back, but I, I think that that kind of showed there's not this gigantic groundswell of people who are just gonna flip out and not be U of L fans anymore if Jurich doesn't get brought back. There was the other story last week about Jim Patterson, he of Jim Patterson Stadium fame. Yes, I did see this. Kind of saying like I want to get back involved with U of L. I want my money to, to be put back in U of L, but. I want Tom Jurich to be brought back as athletic director. And, you know, I, that you, you can be not happy with him saying that, but, I mean, you know, I don't see any reason why. I mean, he's obviously had a good relationship with Jurich. I mean, he has a history with Jurich. Uh-huh. I'm sure, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, they're, they're I mean, I, 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 I would assume they have a good history and they, and they have a relationship since, you know, Jurich got him to buy a freaking stadium. Yeah. I mean, that, that I mean, so, I mean, I don't think that uh, I see no problem with him wanting to do that. I think hopefully, and I do like Josh Hurd. I think Josh Hurd will end up being the AD, and I think he's so far shown me no reason why he shouldn't, or any reason why I should be doubting his decision making as AD because I do like the Kenny Payne hire. But I, I think you give it time. I think let, let her, once Hurd can get the a title, then maybe he can start putting the you know mending some. I don't want to say mending the bridges, but you know building some bridges with some of these with some of these guys like Patterson. You know. And, and and get and get into that relationship, and then you'll see some a lot of support from these, you know, your Lins and your and your Pattersons and so on and so forth. I think more for for him oh no as question. Well. You've so this this all leads us to the the big news that I'm getting to, which is today, and I guess this this derived from last night. Apparently, there was another listening tour event for the next AD at the PNC Club, and <laughs> Denny Crum spoke. They had nine people there. Well, no, they had more. Denny Crumb spoke in front of a group of former athletes and coaches. This is via Mark Blankenbecker uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter. And Crumb, according to Mark, said the following. If Tom Jurich is brought back to U L, I won't be involved. <laughs> Denny, Denny's still a little bitter on that one. I, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> reading the responses to this, I'm shocked at the number of people who, and I know it is a long time ago at this point, who are just kind of unaware of the history between Jurich and, and Crum. People who are like, well, I guess he didn't like the way that things ended for Tom. But like, I'm like, no, like, like there's always been bad blood between Jurich and Crum. Jurich yeah. forced him out. Like, there's, yeah, it's no. The emails were leaked publicly. Like they, like, there were some, like Denny Crum said some, some not very nice things to, to Tom Jurich via email. And Jurich responded pretty curtly himself. And those got leaked to the, the Leo Back I mean, in the day, it didn't even have to be leaked. I mean, it was no secret that there was, you know, it didn't, but hearing it actually air quote retiring. I mean, the actual text, and you can find them online if you want to search them, are or emails, I should say, are 
it's jarring to hear two people of that stature talk this way to one another, and I'm sure that they didn't expect it to become public. But you've also had Susan Sweeney Crumb taking some swings at Tom Jurich on social media mm-hmm. in recent years. So th- this is not a shock to anybody. No. But I think right now, with L fans being overcome, even fans sort of our age who weren't old enough to experience Louisville basketball and its dominance in the 1980s, I think L fans have been swept up in the nostalgia of the 80s time period, and which is still the highest point in the basketball program's history. One of the team of the decade. And all the, all the good vibes there. Kenny Payne talking about how Derek Smith taught him everything he knows, and now he's able to bring Nolan back into the fold and just all that good stuff. Milt Wagner supposedly being on staff, potentially bringing in DJ Wagner to right the wrongs of losing DeWan to Memphis. Like, all that is happening, and people are excited about it, understandably so. And so when that's the case, when you've got Denny Crum, the biggest figure in the 1980s Louisville, this time period that we're talking about, still arguably the biggest figure in the history of the athletic program overall. I I think it's, yeah, I would argue that. Saying something like this, it's understandable why in this moment in time, like people are going to be like, well, I'm, I'm Team Denny. Because it feels like we have, we have turned a new page to a new era of Louisville Athletics that is going to be heavily influenced by the era that preceded Tom Jurich, if that makes sense. And people seem to be like, like even if they have doubts, they're excited to see how this whole thing plays out. And bringing Tom back kind of throws a wrench into, the whole, into that whole plan because as successful as he was here – there were key people from that period of time that preceded Tom, most notably Denny himself, who didn't like the way that things went down. And that led to this great divide that we've been talking about for the last two decades where former players felt unwanted on, when during the Rick Pitino era, felt like they didn't have a voice, felt like they didn't ha- And now they feel like they've refound that voice. And so you would understand why people would, would have the response to this. But it seems like it's been a total 180 to, from where we were two months ago when Everybody wanted Tom Jurich back. Like, you know, you, you, those those pictures from Diorio's, the, the Friday night lunch meeting, dinner meeting, whatever it was, like, like they they get out and people are going nuts over them. But you got to bring Tom back. You're a fool if you don't want to bring Tom back. And now that's all changed with the Kenny Payne hiring and the, the dose of 80s nostalgia. And I think that people are just kind of like, look, we love Tom. We wouldn't be where we are without him. But we're ready for just a totally new era I think that's the overwhelming sentiment. Now, clearly, there are people who have other opinions, and, and those oh, opinions yeah. are going to be voiced. And but it seems to have changed in the last three weeks. I always wonder because when you talk about like the discon- disconnect, disconnect between the the well, basically, literally the crumb players and the Batino era in general. I always just wonder how much of that was that you knew crumb did not want to be gone. You knew crumb was unhappy with charts. That's never been a secret. I always wonder how the, the disconnect was more the. Play, his players being loyal to him opposed to not just getting, you know, not getting the what they felt was proper treatment from the Patino era. Sure. I was kind of, and maybe, maybe there's, you know, a little bit of mix of each combined in there. And in some players, maybe cases, that is the truth where, you know, the, and they were loyal to their coach. Obviously, Crum is never and still to this day, clearly not, uh, uh, you know, a secret that he's unhappy with church. <laughs> I want to just kind of get over it. I mean, listen, Denny Crum, you have forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know, as that saying goes. And but I mean, for someone who's like ninety years old, grow up, dude. You mean just you kind of let it go, man. I mean, it's it's twenty years ago. I mean, just I understand you. I'm fine with him voicing his opinion. I, I am, but I mean, don't be like when you do an absolute like that. 
what that what what bugs me from doing that is that you have the the morons out there that will then be like, well, screw church, then you know, and well, that's exactly what's happening. I know, and that's that's that, and that's where you got it. I'm sometimes, I mean, you've got to take into consideration that you know, humanity's not very bright, and when you say when you say something like that, you have people that are so loyal and absolutes that they will follow you. I'm starting to wonder better, more impact on Louisville athletics in their career, Jurich or Crum. I think, I mean, Louisville athletics, I think you have to say Jurich because he affected so many different sports. Whereas Denny is just, he took Louisville basketball, but he from, took Louisville basketball, but is Louisville athletics. He made I mean, Louisville, well, but not anymore. I mean, that's the way it was. But it was the flagship, I mean, by far for, you know, his entire 30 year tenure here. It was, but yeah, also we've like, talked about how Louisville went from again being on the verge of getting kicked out of Conference USA when George got here to now going to the Big East and then going to the ACC. Um, I think also, you know, women's basketball has become a national powerhouse after being nothing. Baseball has become a national powerhouse after being nothing. Yeah. Football has had its best moments since George got here. Uh, I mean, basically every I mean, sport football wasn't nothing. Obviously, during the- it wasn't nothing, but it also was. I mean, they they considered dropping the program multiple times before Tom got here. Like they had the one season in the two seasons in the early nineties, nothing else pretty much. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's yeah, they were going to drop in 82, I believe it was before. Yes. Yeah, Howard got here. And then, I mean, going to conference today is why Howard left. So. I, I hate having these conversations. I, it's, it's why I've tried to avoid this topic whenever possible yeah. over the last two months, because there's no way to do it without having some sort of divide. Like I love Tom church. I do too. I, will forever be i think the good from his tenure far 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 outweighs the bad but and i, love I, Denny and I hate though. that it gets kind of swept in and i i love denny yeah i love them both and i feel like i'm the kid with two divorced parents i'm well, like i have to decide between mom and dad over here and i also love josh hurt based on what he's done so far and the the, the few interactions that i've had with him over the years i like, like josh i haven't got to love yet yeah, I mean, love's probably a little strong, <laughs> yeah, but i really do I like you though. i really like josh hurt <laughs> i think he has the potential to do a great job and it's like all of this is just forcing people to choose sides. And I think unnecessarily so, because there's never, we still haven't gotten a public comment from Tom Jurich about this whole thing. In fact, I can tell you like when he was in town, I mentioned the Diorios thing. Like I went, saw him, talked to him. Like I love Tom was happy to you know, catch up with him and talk to him straight up and said like, Yo, are you interested in this? Like, is this real or is this just all sort of speculation? And he said to me, like, I don't know. I'm not sure I would even take it if it came up. And maybe that's just him putting on a, a good show. Like, I've got no idea. But like I don't think it's as definitive as some people have been trying to push. And all it does is just further divide. It creates this more animosity between a fan base that's already had too much of this. Yeah. And I think the bigger thing is there's no real indication that UofL would even seriously consider him at this point. Like, I don't think he would have the vote, votes necessary on the board of trustees. They're going to have to com- convince, like, three people to even make this possible. And it just it feels like a pointless conversation to have because it creates all this animosity and bad feelings and ill will when it's a, it's a thing that I don't think is even a real shot at happening. I, I it's why I, I don't like dancing around it, but when you have those comments out there, you have to at least address it. We have to mm. at least talk about it. And, and that's kind of what we did. And I'll take your text now, by the way, the text line is definitely guess the movie. So <laughs> Do you want to throw it out there? Kingpin. That is correct. I, I like it. I haven't seen they it in Googled a while. They Vanessa Angel. I know they did. I didn't recognize <laughs> what I guarantee you that's what they did. Uh, Texture says, hell, I still that's want Jurich. You can't not love Denny, but man, if Tom wants it, he should get it. He is Louisville Athletics. Texture says, I'm pro-Tom. I'm anti-Tom coming back. I think that's a, a sentiment that a lot of people have. I mean, sometimes it's, you can love somebody, but you know it's bound to move on. I mean... And, I think that's fair. I, I mean... 
it's like I I I think Louisville made a mistake when they let Tom Church go. I've said that multiple times. Yeah, they had to. I mean, there was I don't think they had to, but I don't think they had to. I don't think it's the, it was the worst move in the world. I think they had to get rid of Rick Pitino. I don't think oh, they had no, to get they, rid of Tom Jerry. Yeah, Rick, Rick was, yeah, that was a given. Yeah. And I think the way it was handled was was not great. Yeah. But, I mean, I knew, I knew when it happened. Like, I remember sitting there talking about, like, I didn't think Rick would get his settlement, but I knew Tom was locked to get his. I mean, that was – or he was going to get settled out of court because I was like, there's no way Louisville's not winning this lawsuit against him. Against – Tom Jurich. Well, Louisville didn't win. I know they said yeah. they said they were smartly said, but I like the Patino one. I I thought they had a chance to win, which I guess they end up. Patino dropped it, so they did technically win. Patino dropped it, but he also was going to to win if he wanted. You think he to. was, yeah. I, I didn't. He think had a, a leg to stand on just because they didn't fire, follow proper protocol. But Jurich, because we like, can't do anything right here. But I knew Jurich like when they let him. I was like, dude, he's winning this lawsuit. I mean, there's no way. I mean, they gave him whatever he wanted. Yeah, and they 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 were they settled because they knew they weren't going to have a prayer. Texture says best case scenario is to bring in a new AD not named Hurd or Jurich. Oh, well, I mean, what's wrong with Hurd? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Josh has done a great job to this point. I mean, Hurd wants me to go from like to love. He, want, he he needs to answer this question for me. Would you have kept Satterfield or would you have brought Brian home, John, uh, Jeff home? That's what I need to know. <laughs> Takes says, Jurich never comes to Louisville if it wasn't for what Denny had built, which I think is true, but also, like, it, that, that wasn't really the debate. Like, it's... Well, Howard built the football. The football wasn't awful either. I mean... It wasn't awful, but it wasn't what it became. But like, but that that's kind of the texture is kind of falling on my, my mindset in the end of the debate between the two is that I mean Louisville was I mean Louisville basketball that's what it was I mean it was when you talk Louisville athletics despite the Fiesta Bowl in ninety I mean it was just the, a basketball school but doesn't that kind of lend itself to my answer which is that Tom Jurich had the bigger overall impact on U of L athletics yes it does yeah like I, I think okay we're on the same page I just wasn't following there yeah. but I mean if you're doing the whole chicken egg argument like this is you know Denny Pro- come probably doesn't come to Louisville if Peck Hickman doesn't have as much success as he does before him. Like, er- everything yeah. builds upon itself. Or die. Yeah. I mean, was that drum or Hickman? I forget. I always get the two mixed up. Uh, I think it was I think it was Peck Hickman. Yeah, yeah and, and Howard Stacey took over for half a season, yeah. You, and he, Texas says the whole, but the whole point, debate is pointless. And I agree. Like, there's no point in having it. It's, it's, at the end of the day, it's not going to be Tom Jurich unless something dramatic happens in, the, in the weeks to come. Uh, unless there's some sort of gigantic dynamic shift. And I can understand why the people in power at UofL would want to just say, like, even if you are a holdover and a pro-Tom person and you think he was done wrong and you think he would do a great job right now, maybe you just want a total clean slate. Maybe you just want to leave behind everything that was going on in 2017 when Louisville Athletics got turned on its head. And I can understand that. And it, it, it sucks for Tom. I feel like he didn't get to go out the way that he wanted to. I feel like there probably are things that he still wishes he could address or, or that he, you know, wrongs that he wants to make right. But at the end of the day, like, you have this positive vibe surrounding the men's basketball program now for the first time in a while. I guess the early days of the, the Chris Mack tenure, maybe the middle part of the 2019-20 season. And people are excited about, it. and and then you throw this back out there, and it goes back to the well. Crumb says he's he hates Tom, and he'd be out. And I'm sure other former players, if this gained more momentum, would come forward and say the same thing. And then we're back to having these same just splintering debates that we've been having for a while. So if it happened, if Tom came back, I I've said it before, like I'd support it. Like I, I understand why you would want to bring back maybe the most successful athletic director in the country during his tenure here, but. If he doesn't, I also understand that. And I hate the whole team Tom, team Josh, team whatever. We're all, we should all be team Louisville. 
And I think at the end of the day, we are. And I hope yeah. that, I mean, come on, come on. Texters, well, lots of, see, and this is why, like, you talk about it, like, it just ends up dominating the conversation. Everybody <laughs> just wants to text it. Texter says, bring Jurich home, make John Ramsey AD. Uh, I know John was at the event on Friday. I think he did speak on behalf of Tom, and you should expect that. I mean, it's, it's, his, it's his friend, it's his guy. Texter said, I'm a Tom fan, but at the end of the day, I believe Josh made a great move with Coach Payne. I believe he's earned his spot as the permanent AD. Tom built Louisville football and baseball, but at the end of the day, I feel like Tom built the foundation, and I don't know what else he could build by coming back. I don't want to say Taggett is a great choice by her, but it was the, the right choice. And it was handled well. I mean, it could be. In hindsight, we could say it was a great choice. But I, but whether it's success, whether pain is successful here or not, it was the right choice, I think. And I think more importantly, he went about it the right way. Like yes. he had an actual search. It wasn't just this is the guy that everybody wants. I'm going to give it to him. Yeah. He kicked the tires on some of the biggest names in college basketball. I think found out that they weren't going to come here unless we had to pay them an exorbitant amount of money. Yeah. And then said, okay, let's do this. Like had the talk with Kenny Payne, was blown away by him, and. Here we are today. I mean, you know, just because I mean, it's because it's the right choice doesn't mean you always make it. Look at uh, you know, with uh, with what uh, what's his name, Vince did going out the door. Texture says, "If I didn't think it would impact the NCAA ruling against us, I would take Tom back in a heartbeat." But now isn't the time. I think that that's out there too. Is think it, that would affect the ruling? Well, if your main pitch is, you know, you guys say you don't want to punish anybody who had nothing to do with this. Look at us. We've got we've we're on our third. If you want to count interim, like fifth different head coach since yeah. Rick Pitino got fired. We've had three. We're on our, our, our second new AD. We've had 15 different presidents. Everybody's gone. Like, you can't make that argument if you've brought Tom Jurich back five years after the fact. But it's still five years after the fact. It's but not, still. I mean, it's, I mean, if you, the, it's more, the, the, the real question in that statement is how, how the hell has it been five years without a, without a verdict? I well, mean, yeah, obviously. I mean, come on. That's, that's where it really is. But I understand, like, the sentiment. I, I'm not sure if it would have an effect, but. It definitely diminishes the argument. Texture says, I asked this yesterday, but I don't think you got to it. I think Patino has a horse in the Derby this year. Do you think he returns to Louisville uh, for Derby, or does he sit this one out? I don't think he does. Really? I would think he would come back for the no, Derby. No, I mean, I, I don't think he has a horse in the oh, Derby. If he had a horse in it, I think he would. I, didn't, I mean, I'm not saying – he. Would, I think he would definitely come back to Louisville for the Derby. Yeah. I can't imagine him, especially if he has a horse in it. He Plus, he just loves horse racing probably more than he has any bitterness towards – University of Louisville. He made that. Well, he, he made that comment. It was actually on our radio show, uh, the, the Ramsey and Rutherford show, where he was like, "I'll never come back to the state of Kentucky." And I got, I did a Reddit AMA where they were like, "Do you think that's true?" And I was like, "No." I mean, what's a Reddit AMA? Ask me anything. Like, you go on, like everybody can just ask you questions. Okay. And I was like, "No, it's it, it's absolutely a lie." Like, he'll, he'll definitely be back, and he's been back since. Like, he, yeah, I knew that was. That's you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't think he would come back for Derby right now. I really don't. I mean, even if he had a horse, and if he does, I don't have think a, he would. If he doesn't have a horse, I would agree. But if he did, I would think that'd be hard to. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I mean, because I mean, but if, I mean, the thing is, is that coming back, him coming back for Derby, despite is him coming back and him maybe having a horse, and it with so many celebrities and stuff going on for Derby, he could get kind of lost in that that shuffle and not have the spotlight on him. I I don't think. I think eventually he'll get there. I don't think right now he's there yet. Like I, I told this like. When Texas Moreo's the horse, okay, okay, I didn't know. I, I, you I would know, know better now. What I can't, and tell I didn't you. know. You know, I don't know anything. When Pacino made the video for for Russ, yeah, for his scene, like I mean, he's which still bad. I mean, I, that shocked me. I mean, members of his family told me like 
he, he he was terrified. Like he didn't want to do it because he knew this was Russ's day, and he thought everybody was going to boo. Like he's got. I don't, I don't think he really has a feel for how the Louisville fan base feels about him, which is understandable because I don't. I don't think anybody has a a feel for exactly how a majority. I think about how majority still. I think the majority still him. supports. Yeah, him. yeah. But there's definitely like in exactly what the number is. I, I I don't really have a feel for it. But you know when he heard because like, I I was one of his children texted me and they were like how did the night go like what was it like like how was was my dad's video received Mm. and i mean i and i told him the truth i was like it was like the biggest cheers we've heard in the arena pretty much all season long like people went nuts and they're like he'll be so relieved like he was just very concerned that it was going to negatively impact russ's big day that they were going to boom and it was going to upset russ and all this stuff and more of it probably been negatively affected anything it was chris mack <laughs> he, did, he did leave three days I, later i'm just saying yeah i mean i mean and, <laughs> and i've heard like that was a part of it like that the everything that happened that night i'm sure chris didn't like seeing that or hearing that everything that happened that night i think was because it wasn't just that it was patino got big cheers he got Matt got booed multiple times, mm-hmm. including during the handshake line after the game, and then the Malik Williams post game yep. comment was the the, the nail in the yep. coffin, yep. and that was like that. Apparently, the next day at practice, he came and like kind of told the team like that was he was down and he was like that was bleeped up and all this stuff, and that was when he made the decision. <laughs> Even though we played Virginia Monday night, like two days later, uh, that was when he made the decision like this is irreparable. I'm not having fun. This is awful. I, I, I want out. And that's what happened. Uh, Texas says, if it's not Hurd or Jurich, I'd like to see Devon Thomas get a shot. Former player that is a great fundraiser and would have support of alumni. Have we even heard a fourth name? It's it's just those three. Well, Port Devon, I mean, I, if anything, I mean, if I'm Gonzaga, I'm like upset at Devon. This, this guy's still the daily like tweeting everything about Louisville. He works for Gonzaga yeah. still. I mean. Texas says, what's more likely to happen? Tom Jurich, Rick Pitino, and Denny Crum all sitting and enjoying a Louisville basketball get to game together at the Yum or dot, 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 and then he just doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pitino, <laughs> I'll give Crum credit for this because you, know, you mentioned I don't like the, the absolute. Like if Tom comes back, I don't want to be yeah. involved. He clearly was upset with Tom Jurich for the last 20 years. Oh, yeah. He still was at every home game. Even though he didn't feel welcome, what didn't feel welcomed by Rick Pitino, didn't feel like he had a voice in the program anymore, he still was showing up. And they yeah. put him on the big screen, and he swallowed his pride. Remember the intro video that he did in, I think it was 2014, where it ended with him and Rick giving each other a fist bump? Like Vaguely. He agreed to do that. He knew it was something that the fan base wanted to see. Mm-hmm. They, like we've, we've been wanting the Crum era like vibe to get brought back in, the players to feel welcome and all that stuff, and it just hasn't happened. But Crum always, I, I think, put his pride aside and put U of L first. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Which is why that comment surprised me a little bit. Like I can understand why he would believe that, but to say it publicly I mean just to say that though doesn't mean he's not still gonna go to games, like you said. I yeah. mean he's gonna like that, And I'm yeah, fine I mean, with him saying it publicly. Yeah, I mean and I and I'm honestly it didn't surprise me he feels that way. But because I mean it's getting no shock. Maybe I thought maybe after twenty years he could, you know, bygones be bygones a little bit, but clearly not. And that's that's fine. I mean it's no reason not to I mean if someone was supposed to grudge that long, more power to you. But, I mean, yeah, the fact he has, you're right, showing up, I mean, knowing that and just at every game, even throughout the Jurich era and team ever, that, I mean, that, that shows class. It shows a lot of, that shows a lot more class than, you know, somebody who I know you hate, but I don't hate, but still, you know, a guy like Bobby Knight who won't go back to IU until he has Alzheimer's and then you know he's there. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's Reg- Reg- down 3 nothing by the way. I know, I know. I just thought getting no hit too on top of it. Well, it's it's the third inning, so that's okay. So, well, that means that part been, of it doesn't bother me nearly as much. That means they've been through the whole lineup and know I got a hit. Well, no, it's the middle of the side of the third. Oh, so he's got the bottom three. That feels con- now you feel confident. No, 
<laughs> the bottom three guys are going to get a hit. No. Uh, we talked over the top of the hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll get to more of your text. As who's, expected, the text line is blown up about who's this. pitching today for you on these games? Tyler Malley, our number one starter at the moment. And their number one who's like Shane Bieber. Bieber, was his name? Who cares? Um, we're going to go to break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hours up next. We'll take more of your text. And then Trevor will talk about his couch disaster. Uh, I'm assuming the disaster. The love in my life, the couch. All coming up next in the 5 o'clock hour, the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Brandon Kingpin here as we start the uh, third hour of the Mike Rutherford this show. This screams like a Fairly Brothers soundtrack right here. They all now that now that I know what the movie is, and you said this kind of sounds like all of their movies yeah. when you started this at the beginning of the show. You're, you're, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Me, myself, and Irene stuck on you. I mean, Fairly Brothers maybe don't get enough credit when you talk about comedic directors. They were something about Mary too, right? Yes, yes they yeah. were. Yeah, which this sounds just like yep. all the music and there's something about yep. Mary as well. The, how did I forget that movie on there? And then they. Branched off uh, one of them, like I said, we were talking about during the break, directed Green Book, which is crazy to think about. That I think that was Peter that did it. I forget the two brothers' names. But. And then I made a bold statement, and you, Texas, agree or agree disagree with me. The role of Ernie McCracken by Bill Murray, third best character he's ever done in a movie, behind Caddyshack and Ghostbusters. Hmm. And, and it's, it's, I think it's bold because not only that he's done so many great comedic characters. That character's only in the beginning and in the movie. It's nowhere in the middle. I mean, it's it's man having this conversation. But some of his lines in that movie. It so just good. reminds me of out of all the disappointments of the last six to eight years of being a Louisville sports fan. <sighs> top five, if not at the very top, has to be Murray. We squandered Bill Murray as a Louisville as a Louisville fan. Like we we had him going to games wearing Louisville stuff. Maybe the coolest human being in America. Maybe the coolest human being on the planet. Nope. And we won zero, and we didn't get the feel good like Bill Murray going nuts after we punch our ticket to the Sweet Sixteen. Oh, we didn't. Or, we do his son wrong by just kicking him the curb for no as a scapegoat. And now he's a UConn fan. Now he's up there just cheering for the Huskies with Dan Hurley. It makes you nauseous. Doesn't we it? ruined it. We ruined had it. Right. at one point in time we had Bill Murray <laughs> and Jennifer Lawrence as Louisville fans together, and we didn't capitalize. Is at least on the Murray. Aspect. Is it fair to say we munsoned it? Yeah, <laughs> can we can we say that? I mean, we Schroeder'd it. We had the world. We had the world in our hands, and we we lost it. I would go as far <laughs> to answer your question, man. Big Earn might be even higher for me, even above even. Uh, I mean, Caddyshack and Ghostbusters. Carl I mean, Backler's number one. Caddyshack. Yeah, that's probably given. I mean, I'm not as big on Ghostbusters as you are. I okay. like Ghostbusters, but I'd be down. I actually probably would put Raleigh St. Clair from Royal Tannenbaum's. Yes, yeah, I, I that- love. It's a movie that's that's never been big for me, so that that that's a hard. Every time I have a bad thing that happens in a sports game, all I think of, in my head, I hear his voice where it's like, "Well, I just want to die." Like it's all I, it's, <laughs> and I use the GIF a lot. Um, Phil, whatever his last name is from Groundhog Day, 
Oh, that's yeah. Would be yeah, up there. That was a good one too. I think he's yeah. a great character. But I don't know if that one just because of the short amount. I think Ernie McCracken is and how good he is in so many of them. I mean, when he wins, he's like, "I finally have enough money to Ernie McCracken's above the law. <laughs> I can do whatever I want." <laughs> and I think we both. I, I think both of us like Lost in Translation. No, that's a movie I never got into. Okay, never mind. That and Rushmore. I never. I, I didn't. Ever, I've never seen Rushmore. I didn't. You know, honestly, Rushmore and that movie were both ones. Maybe I should watch now that I'm older. Maybe I'll appreciate them more because I did see them when I was so much younger. Rushmore, like I was, what, like 18, I think, when that movie came out. And maybe it was just above my head at that point. But I know people do love both those. I never really got into them. Yeah. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, several different things today. We started off talking about WNBA draft last night. Props to Emily Engsler going fourth overall and Keanu Smith going 16th overall. Then we got uh, swiped by the news that Tyler Harrell, Louisville wide receiver, has entered the transfer portal, which was uh, not, I guess, shocking after the rumors last week that there was some interest in Alabama. Um, straight up tampering, but whatever. And But to hear it happen was was disappointing. We talked about the, the wide receiving core and now needing to bolster that going into next season. Uh, we talked about Gilbert Godfrey died out of nowhere also. It was a, it was a rough, and then Trevor found out live on air that Jeff Brom had gotten a, a contract hour. extension yeah. through 2027 that he was previously unaware of. Uh, and then last week, or last hour, we were talking about the, the, the latest Tom Jurich Talk uh, the the forum that was happening last week, and then Denny Crum reportedly saying last night that if if Jurich what got brought back, he would not want to be involved with Cardinal Athletics. So followed by a breakdown of Bill Murray roles, breakdown of Bill Murray roles, and the Reds getting their ass kicked on opening day after their co owner or part owner basically just said like I'm not going to start trying anytime <laughs> soon. You don't like it, go somewhere else. If you guys don't like it, go root for Cleveland, who we're about to play on opening day in two hours, which was a, a great message to the fan base. And I'm sure inspired the team to this lovely start of a performance uh, this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it shows the, the, the fact they're down 3 nothing without a hit. I hate it here. I hate it here. <laughs> and uh, now we can talk about my couch. <laughs> you want to do that? I don't know. It don't matter. Don't think about it. For those who don't know, I, have I told the story of how I bought a couch? Recently. Once again, I, I can't remember. I know I know, but I can't remember if you told me on air or off air. But you have, you've been in need of a new couch. Yeah, I'm, I'm just doing some redecorating, and I was I, I I went from redecorating my my den converted base, you know, one car garage into a room in my house. I like that this is priority one instead of getting the asbestos behind your oven out of the way so you can move that thing. Yeah, I've kind of gone accustomed to that. Or getting the dog crap picked up in your backyard. Priorities. <laughs> Apparently, you need to learn them. Obviously, anyway, come on, continue. Uh, so, so yeah, so yeah, and you know, I've got some new art, you know, new Eagle stool stuff, and some some memorabilia. And I was like, I, I want a new couch, a new recliner. I want something new. I have a couch and a love seat in my in, in, in my living room, which I could get a new one for that, and I'll maybe move that in there. But I want something new, so I, I, I went and uh, ordered it. Like I guess it was about a week ago, yesterday. And I just, I knew it was going to, and they didn't they give me a time frame when I ordered it from this, uh, this store. It was a little overstock. And so I'm like a week later, I noticed my card hasn't been charged yet. I'm like, okay, this is a little odd, but you know, I'm, I guess they're, you know, taking some time. I mean, I know it's not going to be, you know, immediate delivery. And so finally on Sunday, I get a call and they're like, oh, hi, we're just, you know, I want to apologize, let you know your card hasn't been charged yet because the items you ordered are back ordered and we're out of stock. Mm. and 
immediately I was like, so your store name's not just a clever title. Oh, boy. And like she did not get the joke. And like, I could hear her on the other side being like, bleep, bleep, bleep you. Remember when you asked me about the definition of irony? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. I'm like, you're a little overstock and you're out of stock. I was like, okay. I was like, wouldn't you say back order? I mean, thinking like a couple weeks. Like, it's going to be six to nine months, sir. Oh, like, my God. Well, I was like, it's like, would you like to cancel this order? I'm like, yeah. I'm not gonna like wait nine months for this couch. It's not like it's you know made of gold or anything like that. I mean, it's just it's a cheap couch I got on sale. So I, I go actually went to their store yesterday. Drove I actually drove over to Clark's books. It was the one that was open the latest. Got over there, go in there. Uh, the the person you know they actually used the same joke to the person there. I was like, oh, a little overstock, but you're out of stock. The irony, right? And he's like. The just, I mean, the, the deadest <laughs> pan look you will ever get from anyone in your life. Like, just, I mean, didn't crack a smile, didn't blink, just looking at me like, if I could kick you in the crotch between this counter, I would. I'm like, okay. So, I just, after the awkward silence, I was like, you know, do you have uh, the things here in the floor room? So, so, blah, blah, blah. So, he's like, yeah, if you pick something up, look, look, ask me and we'll check it stock. So, I found something very similar. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm like, do you have this stock? He goes, yes, we have 10 of them in. I'm Ooh. like, awesome. I was like, pay, I'm, I, let me, I'll take it. So we made sure the other order was canceled, bought this couch, paid for paid for the kit, didn't do installments, bought the couch, bought the paid for delivery, and I paid the extra delivery to have them set it up because I'm lazy and old. And I'm like, after I've done this, and then I should have maybe asked this question before the purchasing, but right after the purchase, I go, curiosity. Not that I should have to ask this, curiosity, <laughs> but... The time frame on delivery. He's like, oh, no problem, sir. He's like, let me look at the back, looks, types in the computer. He goes, three to four weeks. Mm. I'm like, you have 10 of them in the in stock. Mm. He's like, yes, but we're very we're very backordered in deliveries. He's like, our, our, our delivery people are backordered. I'm like, what, do you have one dude in a minivan? Like, how can you be three a month back on a couch? It can't take you 10 minutes. He's like, well, if you'd like to pick it up now, you can't. No. Uh. So I'm paying delivery, so... I'm telling you now, anybody have furniture suggestions for my recliner? I'm going somewhere different. I'll be honest. The first time we bought a couch, like I had no experience buying like big pieces of furniture. This is the first time I bought one from a store. I've always gotten hand-me-down couches in my life. I was shocked at how long it took to get to our house. Like the, the time so frame they gave us. We, we go in there, like we test out the couches and I'm thinking, like you're thinking, if it's here, if you have employees, like I should be getting this bad boy tomorrow, right? I mean, I could, and 48 it was, hours maybe. Actually. And keep in mind, we, like, we had moved into this house and we had... Like, like no real like gigantic pieces of furniture to sit on. So we were sitting on like tailgate chairs in our main room <laughs> for like the first month right that now, we moved yeah. into this house. And like, like that's, that's what it was. Like it took like four weeks for them to get there. Really? So this yeah. is, this isn't just me. No bad experience with some place. No, we got, we got a sectional for the basement too, a little bit later and it took set time frame was about the same. Now that was better because we already had, they left a sectional in the basement from the previous owners. Um, <laughs> screw that. You have it pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> which I was like, fine. But we, I mean, we knew the, the previous owners. We bought it from friends. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, you're not sure now. Yeah, yeah. You, but yeah. the main, the the main floor, like the main living room, had nothing, and we it was like a month before we got it. And I, 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 I was no blown idea. away. Like when we left, they're like, okay, we'll have the delivery there in about like three or four weeks. I was like, what? Like it's it's right here. You've I'm, got more. We, we live down the street. It's like you were mimicking me from yesterday. I know it's wild. I mean, I was yeah, it was the same. I mean, it, it cheered me up because Tears for Fears came on their loudspeaker after that, so that gave me in a better mood. But all around me, are <laughs> no, wasn't the couches. Wasn't the dial dark? Worn out couches. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually shout. 
a big couch. Unstuck. Deliver it now. <laughs> These are the things I can do with that. Uh, yes. I, so, okay. So, this isn't just me. This isn't just me getting. No, the runaround. The retail, you know. No. Been, okay. I'm going to have to wait. So, if I do try to go somewhere else for my recliner, am I going to have to do the same issues? Probably. It's probably going to be like a month wait. Recliner may be smaller time frame. I mean, recliner, you could probably just throw that in your truck or your, your car and head home. You have room. I'm sorry. We never met. <laughs> I mean, somebody could probably help put it Hi, in your car. I'm Trevor. I, I'm the guy paying 100 bucks extra to have it delivered and set up for me. Well, a couch, yeah. <laughs> but a recliner, come on. You can do that. I'm sorry, dude. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Uh, by the way, Louisville baseball team back in action tonight. I pick up the dog poop <laughs> out of my backyard. You think I'm going to take the RAV4 to pick up a recliner and come back? Louisville baseball <laughs> back in action tonight. Cincinnati coming to town. 6 o'clock. It's Cancer Awareness Night at Jim Patterson Stadium. I don't think they have like a – we need a keg of something. I was going to say, do we, do we play Cincinnati? Have we played them – we, we don't put them in baseball fairly right? regularly. Do yeah. we? Okay, we should. But we should have like a, also like a keg of. There needs to be a keg of nails for every sport against Cincinnati. But don't we use a keg against the um, Vanderbilt series? That's the yeah the the, the barrel battle the barrel, of the barrel. barrel okay. Basically the same thing. But keg barrel. I mean, Cincinnati coming to town tonight, six o'clock. Also, we have not talked about this. Congrats to Mike Pegese. Oh, I saw this. Yes, he has. We kind of wondered where he was going to wind up. He was. A finalist for the head coaching job at George Washington that went to uh, Chris Caputo, the Miami assistant. There was some rumor that he was going to join uh, staffs here and there. He is officially now, or I guess reportedly, going to join Thad Mata's new staff at Butler, which is I a like good that. spot for him. It's a good move, I think so too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where he would rank amongst the three assistants to, to Mata, but I would assume probably, probably first chair. I'd I would say probably think. first chair. I mean, yeah, and then you, if I'm mad at you, mad at you hired him, then you hired maybe some two younger up and coming guys. A recruiting that can do recruiting and and Pagese can be your kind of X and O guy right hand man. It's a good move for him because you know on top of it, I mean, listen, Stan Mata, there's no guarantee he's going to be there more than like two or three, maybe three or four years. I think you're probably right. I mean, this could be a job if you're Pagese. This could be your job in waiting at some point very soon. Texter says five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Texter says uh, just buy a pre-assembled couch from a store and rent a small U-Haul or truck from Home Depot and get your friends to help you. That's too much work for Trevor. Well, first of all, wait a minute. I'm in my forties, okay, dude. That's, that's something you do. I'm calling him, dude. Like that's something you do in your twenties when you get your buddies to help you move, you know, furniture and you get you all from pizza and beer. All right, I'm in my forties. I don't move furniture anymore. The last time I moved out of my apartment, I I hired a, a a moving crew to move my stuff into a storage unit. You, you get to a certain age over 35, you're, you don't, yeah, you can ask a friend to give you a ride to the airport. I might, yeah. You don't help them move. I'm the with couch. you there. Yeah. Texas, I love the new third hour format, furniture delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just honestly glad that it's not me. Like, I thought I was, because this is the first time I've actually purchased furniture. I know it's sad to say I'm in it my can, 40s. It, it is well, it's because, bit. I mean, let's be honest, I'm lower middle class, but I've been hand-me-downs all my life. Texas, Trevor, it seemed like we missed the more interesting part of the couch story. What happened? <laughs> Do you want to have the, the couch I'm replacing, probably? Apparently, yeah. yeah nah, no, there is no replacement. There's just, I only had a couch in my living room, and I did have a love seat, but it's been been through the, the wear and tear. I'm actually just throwing it out. Texas, then don't complain about waiting a month. <laughs> Compared to nine months? Waiting a month if you're not going to use a delivery service or help get friends or buy a U-Haul. I mean, I would have. If he told me, I mean, if he said I can have it to you later this week if you pay an extra hundred bucks, I would have probably done it. 
Texas, I buy furniture from fancy furniture places and then refuse to buy it unless they let me pick it up in person. I'm not paying a $300 delivery charge when I have a truck and trailer. Oh, it's not $300. Was, That's the anti-Trevor text right there. It, it's just, it's, you know how much the deli- delivery charge was like 40 bucks normal and for them to set up is like 85 I'm, I'll pay 85 bucks for that. That's not a, that's not outrageous. Texas, is it fair to say today's show represented by the stock market would be the first 30 minutes of the show was responding well to some off-air hours of trading news, then a very bad jobs report came out, and then there went the stock market line slash show line spiraling. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good comparison, actually. Text like line that. says, just catching up on yesterday's podcast, I love the fact that in one breath, Michael will reference a Billy Holiday song. In the next, he'll be laughing at the most sophomoric humor possible. Look, I'm not going to change. I, innuendo is always going to be funny to me. Oh yeah, I'm never, I'm, I'm never going to stop. I'm going to be a child in that regard. I'm a Toys R Us kid. I, I am, and I still, I remember. <laughs> so, my senior year of high school, we did these you, for baseball. We we had, we had fall ball, and then you transitioned into like the the winter season. You have workouts at school, but we also would do these twice a week, like winter workout sessions where you actually play baseball at champions, the indoor facility. Okay. And so we had a coach RIP, Steve Tompkins, he recently passed was, he was our first year head coach, my senior year. And he made these shirts that we all had to wear for the winter workout session. So we all a unified look, same hat, same shirt, same whatever. And it's on the front, it said Trinity baseball. And on the back, it said, quote, a treasure you can measure. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> the jokes I thought were pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm laughing already. Yeah. We, we all, you know, we, we kind of made them. Especially teenagers are going to even be more, yeah. 16 to 18-year-old boys are going to react to that the way that they're going to react to that. And word eventually got back to Steve Tompkins, that Coach Tompkins, that this was happening. <laughs> and so he called like a team meeting and did this whole thing where it was like, I understand some of you guys are, you know, making fun of the fact that a treasure you can measure. And he had this whole spiel about it. it's actually a reference to a famous Bible passage, and here's why it's important, here's why it's solid. And he goes on this huge rate, like lays into us for a solid like 15, 20 minutes. And then at the end, so like me and my buddy Dylan, who's now the hitting coach for the Yankees, were sort of like the captains, the unofficial captains of the team going into my senior year. And he's like, Rutherford, Lawson, you take over. The, you, you deal with this right now. And he like walks away. So I've got to get in front of the team, knowing full well that I have done this more than anybody. I have made more jokes about this than quite literally. And I've got to do the most hypocritical thing possible, which is like be like, all right, guys, come on. Like, let's, let's all grow up a little bit. And everybody looking was like, you stupid I don't know why my mind goes right automatically to you, like thinking of the, uh, what was the uh, the lethal weapon, the lethal one fourth, like when uh, – like they're all making fun of uh of, of uh what's his name uh, for doing like running around trucking like a chicken in his underwear and Mel, they're like Mel, Mel Gibson's like listen people quit this is old enough and he walks away and he hangs it back the picture back up and that's pretty much bad. yeah he's like <laughs> kind of like scolding everybody but but being the leader of the of the uh, I think I actually apologized to everybody after it was <laughs> over I was like yeah man I, I get it I, I'm sorry like, treasure to measure I believe that's the DVD stuck in my PS4 <laughs> the treasure you can measure yeah, that is and I was like yeah I got a treasure you can measure I mean just, I mean what do you want me to do like I, yeah you put it on a team I'm gonna swing. Baseball pun intended. <laughs> Text says, keyword, fancy furniture place. They require delivery only. That's why they charge so much. Okay. The, deliver, the, the fee is not my, an issue here, people, though. It's the, the length of the time. I'm not – the fee wasn't – it wasn't – the couch was cheap. The fee wasn't expensive. 
Sanders says, okay, let's start the Trevor-thon. With all the laughs that Trevor gives us, we just need a couple listeners to use one of their trucks to go pick this up and deliver it to him for a happy Easter. I'll, 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 I'll hook you up if you do. <laughs> if somebody, I tell you right now, two Texans want to drive over to the Clarksville, Louisville Overstock on East, East Lewis and Clark. Pick up his couch for me. If you are hard up for illegal activity, <laughs> bring it over. Yeah, I'll, a door just opened <laughs> for you. I'll send you home to dinner hungry. Texas, bring Luke Murray home. I mean, I'd be okay with that. Just, just third assistant, Kenny Payne, make it happen. We need a Bill Murray rehash. I don't care how good a recruiting or assistant coach he really is, as long as we're getting Bill with him. He's doing well up there. I mean, they're, they're recruiting well. They're playing well. They're winning games in the tournament. Just a bonus. God, you know. By the way, do you know I had for dinner last night? Hmm. This is going to like maybe blow your mind a little bit. Maybe not. Arby's? <laughs> I had that for lunch. I mean, it would blow. the only thing that would blow my mind is if you said you cooked. Oh, no, no. No, no. Well, I, I guess I kind of cooked. I ordered off DoorDash. Um, yeah. The first time I've okay. ever been to this place. Okay. And was kind of blown away by it and really... Using Bintu very liberally here. Uh, no, I've not, this is the first time I've actually ever been to... And not even Bintu, but even order or eat. I know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the point. You I got, I didn't got go there. Uh, and when I was ordering it, like I, I'd already prepped myself to pick out the couch because I figured, you know, if I'm going to spend most of my time on the couch in this manner of, of state of mind, I should buy it in a state of mind. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, so I'm oh ordering God. food now after this. <laughs> the references are getting more and more thinly veiled. Over uh, the- you know, yeah, sometimes people are getting hit it on the nose. And so, so I'm ordering DoorDash and I end up ordering someplace. I'd never been at Cheesecake Factory. You never been to Cheesecake Factory? I told you it was going to shock you a little bit. It does shock me a little bit. Um, God, how long did good. it take you to go through that menu? That is the problem. The that damn Bible. menu was like, I couldn't decide what I wanted. I was like, ooh, I want this. And then I got down to another section. I'm like, you know, never mind that. I'm going to do this. Did you get then cheesecake? I did. I got up, to. It's good. What I ended up getting was, I ended up getting a uh, the burgers with the au jus to dip it in, which I love French dip. And it was a burger version. Uh, I got ham, uh, cheeseburger uh, egg rolls, which when I saw that on the menu, I mean, mind, boom. I was like, hamburger and an egg roll. I mean, that's just... If there's a combination of food, the Cheesecake Factory is going to have it. Yeah, you. and that's awesome combination. Didn't... was well, kind of under par, though. And then I got a slice of um, uh, cherry cheesecake. Oh, boy. Cher- it's uh, cherries and uh, Gordello, cho- uh, uh, Gordello chocolate, whatever it is. And- Ghirardelli? Yeah, Ghirardelli. I should have known that. I sold it at Books a Million all the time. <laughs> I'm from San Francisco. I've actually been to their, their home store in San Francisco. Still couldn't get the name down. Still can't get the name right. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. Oh, I did know- Tell me if I'm wrong about this. Are all the fries at Cheesecake Factory sweet potato fries? I've seen, I haven't been in years. I seem to remember that being. Because those are disgusting. And I was so. I, I hate kinda, sweet potato fries. I do too. And I didn't know that when I ordered fries with my burger. And I took like one bite and I was like, oh, this is disgusting. I just gave them to the dogs. I think the last time that I went to. Actually, this is wrong. But one of the last times that I went to the Cheesecake Factory was right after the Morehead State loss in 2011. Okay. And sitting directly behind us in the booth was Peyton Siva and his girlfriend, now wife. And I had all those thoughts where I wanted to be like, you know, the fan where it's like, shouldn't be eating Cheesecake Factory yeah. right now. Should be cutting down those turnovers, getting ready for next year. I had that with Trent Guy at the Arby's on Crittenden Land after the after Louisville football loss one year. Trent Guy's a freaking stud. I was like, he's sitting there at the Arby's in front of me at the Arby's. And I'm like, dude, why are you at Arby's? You don't deserve the meats. Texter says, Cheesecake Factory on Shelbyville Road is infested with roaches. Nah, that's all right. 
Texas says Trevor is. <laughs> don't really get that. That doesn't stop me from ordering it. <laughs> Texas says Trevor is handing out drugs for furniture delivery. <laughs> it's a tip. He didn't say that. I said I would tip. He said he would tip. Texas says, wait, Louisville Overstock, is, which is already ironic, is in Clarksville, doomed from the start. <laughs> I know. That's a good point. I mean, just, there's nothing about this name, Bits. <laughs> Texas, I was thinking about helping out TK, and then he said Clarksville. <laughs> Maybe I can get you. Well, the other one's in Jeffersonville. Does anybody really want to go to J-Town? Is that any better? Well, those are two different places. Jeffersonville and J-Town are two different. Well, I'm at J-Town. There's one in J-Town here on this side of the river. Oh, you can say, okay. Yeah, in J-Town and Clarksville, there's really not much. I mean, neither one are really desirable. Okay. Uh, when we come back, more of your text. We haven't gotten to a whole bunch of the earlier non-Trevor Furniture text, so I do want to <laughs> get your actual sports thoughts coming up here. Uh, we'll do that after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I think I, I might have got. I can't guarantee it. I think this, I might have got after. This is the blues. Tra- the thing I am a big blues tra- fan, and that song plays in the closing credits that I played earlier. Like th- this and that one were the ones that would have given it away for me. It just makes me think about me trying to fight the whole Castellini fam. <laughs> I just picture Big Earn with the rose in the ball and God. <laughs> I hate it here. I hate everything about it. For nothing. These Reds. Are you gonna score? Probably not. I mean, based on the inspired words of Phil Castellini fueling this team, to, I mean, they'll probably lose by 17, and I can't blame them. Who could forget? Who, who could get excited when that's the, the pregame buzz? Um, I, I promise this. We, we said we are going to try to get to as many texts as possible. 502-414-1450. What shame were that started for them? It was? Yeah. Great. I mean, that's no shame in getting shot. I mean, he's Cy Young winner. Didn't he win Cy Young last year? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. This is an insurmountable lead. We, we're not. We, oh yeah, you're done. We could play 25 innings and no. not score five runs. At this yeah, point. you're done. You're, I, you might be lucky to get a hit. You still haven't got. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. A couple people have asked about um, any update on Roosevelt Wheeler. Not to my knowledge. All I said yesterday is, is all I know, which is my understanding going into the weekend was there was a set sequence of events in place that was uh, everybody. Thought was going to happen. Jalen Withers announces on Friday he's coming back. J.J. Trainer does the same on Saturday. Rose Wheeler does the same on Sunday. And then Nolan Smith gets officially introduced on Monday. And three of those four things happen. The fourth, uh, obviously, being Wheeler committing or committing to coming back, which did not take place. And Kenny Payne was asked about Rose straight up yesterday and, and sort of said, we'd love to have him around here. We've, we've had talks. I think they've been good talks and the ball's in his court. And that was, that, that was the end of it. So if Rose Wheeler wants to be a Cardinal, he's got an open invitational. If he wants open invitation, if he wants to go somewhere else, then I think we'll probably find out in the relatively near future, but he's the one guy out there that we're still waiting on. We'll find out. If you're Rose Wheeler, come, back. You come back. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that he's had some, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. If he's, I would. I mean, I can't, I don't know if he's got an offer that's from a school that's probably maybe a more prestige in Louisville. I doubt it. But my hunch is that it's Sidney Curry that's probably the holdup because he has, was such a revelation at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, you assume he's going to be the starter at the five, 
and he's a guy that also has an extra year of eligibility after this. And if you're Wheeler, do you want to be? Oh, he does. So, so Curry can come back for a third year. Curry's got two years left. I thought he had okay. I, I thought, I thought there's that. still a little bit of uncertainty on that. I know Curry's got two years. I thought eligibility it was Ellis left. had three and Curry only had two. Reverse. Oh, okay. Maybe that's where I get. And some people now are, are saying. Yeah, some people now are saying that Ellis also has two years left. There's, there's still some confusion there. I, I might have to reach out to Kenny, but um, Greer. Love for him to have a third year, man. Yeah, Greer heard the same thing as me, which is that Curry would have had th- had three years when he committed to U of when he signed with U of L, and Ellis had two. Um, there seems to be some confusion there as far as what exactly is the case. But if that if that is what we what Curry's situation is, and you're Roosevelt Wheeler, you know, do you want to wait until you're a senior to potentially be the, the man? Or do you say, hey, I'm still more of a traditional big than Sydney is, and Kenny Payne is a big man whisperer. I've got the skill set necessary to be a fantastic college center. This guy can get me there. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to bust my ass, and this is going to be my job, not two years from now, not three years from now. I'm going to be the starter next season. Well, even if it's not a starter, I mean, if even if Curry is penciled in, I mean, if you're Wheeler, I mean, you're the number two guy. You're going to play minutes. I mean, are you going to play maybe 30 minutes a game or every – but you you should be getting minutes, even if the if Curry is the one in your. Yeah, everybody wants to play thirty five, and I I know, but everybody also keep my. I mean, but not everybody can, and I mean, but everybody thinks they can. I know they do. I know, and sometimes you just gotta you look in the mirror and and, and say Michael Jackson, the man in the mirror. But uh, I, I mean, you're still gonna. I mean, Curry's gonna have time games where he gets in foul trouble, where Willer will probably have to play more minutes than your average backup. So that's but that's where I kind of. Lean if I'm if I'm Wheeler and I'm in his shoes, I mean the pros versus the cons is that yes I could go to a school that is smaller uh, in stature in terms of name, uh, prop maybe a lesser conference, but I'm going to play more minutes and maybe with the competition of a lesser conference I may play better in those minutes. I mean it's the old kind of even it's at least the uh, Devin Booker argument for, that I've I've had for years where you know Booker just barely plays off the bench gets to be a lottery pick. At Kentucky, because of the mystery of you know him being not playing major minutes, versus if he'd gone to Missouri like his dad and played major minutes and probably put up twenty five points a game, you know would he would it have made him draft stock better or worse? Yeah, you know? I mean Wheeler's a kid who if he did choose to enter the transfer portal, he'd have big time options because you forget. I mean, he was well. What do you find as big time? I mean, he had offers from Kansas coming out of high school. He had offers from um, okay. uh, Memphis coming out of high school. Penny wanted him. I mean, you forget, he was a big-time recruit before he got hurt. Like, he was a top-20 player in that class before the injuries kind of derailed him. Can't forget something I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, I think COVID canceled his entire senior season, so he hadn't played high school basketball or been on the AAU circuit for a full two years when he was coming out of high school. Um, I mean, Virginia offered him, I'm looking at his offer sheet now, pulling it up, uh, NC State, Georgetown, Texas A&M, so LSU. So if he wanted to get back out there, I think he'd have power conference offers, especially like, even though we haven't seen much of him, the glimpses that we have seen, like he's had a couple of jumpers. He's he clearly has a big time college basketball ready frame. Um, he rebounded well. He made some some solid defensive plays as a rim protector. I think he's got a ways to go, but the skills are there. Like somebody would take a flyer on him from a major program. The issue is just you know how much does he think that he can play here right if away? It's about playing time. He's better off going to a mid major probably. Yeah, we'll see. Or, or you know a power conference program that doesn't have a, a true center right now. Yeah, I mean I was seeing lower power conference too. Now I mean and then, not to not the same thing. It's Georgetown, but at Georgetown that means. I could see that maybe work for Patrick, play for Patrick Ewing. Sure, I mean, yeah, still I mean, a big name too. Big time staff now. I mean, Kansas. I mean, they are losing their center, but 
Texas says, going back to yesterday, Cadbury mini eggs are the best without question. They are. We are just going through those like water at my house. Like, like Mary and I get them, and Mary's like, you got to hide them from me. And then like we both see it like the next morning, just, the whole bag's gone. I just remember them being so like messy. No, those are cad like the real Cadbury eggs. Those are messy. These are yeah with the, with the goo in the side. That, of it. Those are Cadbury eggs. The yeah. mini eggs are oh. they've got like a a, a candy coated shell and then it's just straight Cadbury chocolate inside. Oh, okay, See, not I, messy I'm at all. Not, okay, yeah, I always think delicious. When I think of Cadbury eggs, I just automatically go to the stuff with the goo in the inside of it. Yeah, well, I mean, not the most <laughs> attractive. Well, way how to would you describe it? it? It's, I mean. Not in a way that can have uh, more double entendres, but like I've got to use the word cream to describe okay, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, well, yeah. there's no clean way to Much do this. Much better, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There I you mean, go. goo. <laughs> it's a slight upgrade from goo, but also it makes it sound more sexual. I mean, the, the fact that when I think of the best way to describe it is, is the, using the scene from, from Van Wilder. I mean, that's. Yeah. <laughs> which. I, I hate these I don't think I've ever eaten a clear since. <laughs> I don't know if I've... <laughs> Texas, the... Oh, this is a... Um, Kersey Tex? Kersey Tex. Kersey Tex. The Wiseman, Cunningham, Sharp, string of bad recruiting luck needs to stop with Wagner. Wait, it did, has to. Didn't they get Sharp? Yeah, but he's apparently... <laughs> he entered the NBA draft today. Okay, well, that's obvious. While leaving open the possibility of coming back, but I think every UK fan sees the writing on the wall and says... He's probably gone. I'm just saying there's got to be better uh, examples. Like, you use Wiseman, who played two games and then went to the NBA. Sharp, who you got, just didn't play, but went to the NBA. I mean, how that, that doesn't sound like the best examples to use in your argument there. Well, I mean, all three of those guys were guys that they wanted to come and, and be stars. Two of them went other places. The other is never going to be a, play a game for UK. Yeah, they'll still claim him like Enos, though. Yeah, but that's you get what the texture said. Yeah, I mean, it's, he, he it is kind here. of you got him. I mean, it is a little bit of I don't. I wouldn't say bad luck. I think they've just you know you, you missed out on two guys. Yeah. Um, follow up text. I, honestly, I love that he. The, the next one is phrased this way. Not a KRC text. Uh, Mike, you know college basketball <laughs> people. I am a UK fan. Have you heard anything about Shaden Sharp or potentially? Um, no, like. Like no, you said he entered the draft. Was supposed to know about. Other, but like, is he going to stay or is he going to go? I mean, he's going to the draft. I mean, Th- that's just me guessing. Yeah. Now the other thing that I have heard from people who follow this stuff and who are in college basketball media coverage is that Oscar Sheba is probably coming back. I could see that. That seems to be the consensus. Like the consensus has been. I just don't see him. Uh, not, I mean, the NBA his game's just not. I mean, I know I don't. I know I, talk, I tell you I don't watch NBA as much this year, and I haven't, but. The reason is because I know what style the NBA is right now. It's not my favorite. It's like watching AAU at a high level, and it's not what it doesn't move my needle at all. God, you're so old. I know. It's just it's just boring. And I, yes, Oscar's game just just not. Yeah, that's he's a college player right now. It doesn't. But at the same time, you know, his stock's not going to get any higher than it is right now. He won consensus no, national player of the year. But he's like on a Kofi Coburn like level where I, I agree with yeah. everything that you're saying. It, it's just a if you want to get, and I get, it's going to come down to nil deals. If True. he can, he's got the weird thing going out too. And he, he talked to Mitch McConnell today about this. There's a rule in place. I don't know if you're aware of this. I'm going to assume no, um, just based on today's trends. Usually, you should make assumptions, but in this case, probably a good one. So, with the name, image, likeness rules, which again aren't really rules, they're laws. This is the the NCA fought this tooth and nail until like actual laws got passed in various states, yeah. making this a thing. You can't make money off the NIL stuff if you're not an American citizen. And 
like yeah, if you're a, if you're a kid from Canada. But what if you have like a temporary visa, which is what these players probably have? I I, I can't get in the, the weeds. I can't tell you the exact specifics. I just know this that, that been, this is the thing that's been talked been about. Semester two of law school. That was yeah. <laughs> they taught that in the, the you know the law class for L- down the hall. Yeah, for a year or two. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, but Sheboy has been fighting for the you know, to get foreign-born players or foreign uh, citizens who are playing in the, in, in the States to have the same NIL rights that American players have. I don't know if that comes into, into play at all here, but That's it's probably going to come down to NIL stuff for him because if he can make almost as much money playing for UK next year as he could being in like the G League or, I guess, potentially playing overseas somewhere. Prob- I don't think he'd be a first-round pick. And He seems to genuinely love Kentucky. He seems to genuinely yeah. love college basketball, and I think he seemed genuinely heartbroken when they lost to St. Peter's in the first round, and that feels like a wrong that he would like to right, even if it means he doesn't have as good of an individual season next year. He doesn't repeat his national player of the year. I think he just wants to go out the right way uh, at UK, and if he can make enough money to justify that decision, I think he's probably going to. I mean, I know some second-round picks will get guaranteed deals now. It's been more common than it has ever uh-huh. been. Uh, Trez did. Yeah, and, it, and while, it's, while it's more common than it ever has been, it's still – if you, I mean, you're talking maybe one a year that gets it, maybe two in each draft. And sometimes I think that and that's no even guarantee, no pun intended. But it's – I mean, he could be a late first-round pick, but even a late first-round pick where that salary line is and even going in the second round – He's probably gonna make more off nil if he can. Then I would think that he would do in that an NBA contract at the point where he might, he might get drafted. Right. Yeah, I mean, with what Kentucky players can get at that level of how good he is. Also, how's he not have? His, I mean, he's been he's been in this country for several years now. How does he not have a citizenship? He might, and he might just be advocating for other guys. Which is good if that's the case. I, yeah. I applaud him for that because that that also. I guess. Well, I was gonna say that that can affect with some schools who do recruit overseas players. I would think, but. Thing in some of those schools are more like your lower level schools that probably don't have a lot of nil money going out anyway, like your St. Mary's and stuff. So yeah, I guess that, that's you know. But you, sure. but you still see. I mean, like you say, even Canadian players. Yeah. I mean, um, one that we're recruiting currently. Texture says going back to a discussion we had at the beginning of the show. Jose Canseco is a B. I can't say the word. Ooh, there's so many letters that begin with B that they could be described. No, there's just one. <laughs> I actually don't hate Canseco. Is that bad of me? Yeah, I mean he's. He's good comedic relief, but he's a joke. Like, I mean, I just, I, I just always found it funny that he just got just bashed so bad for his book because he just said things that were true. Yeah, one hundred percent true. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I always felt kind of bad for him on that. But then again, I mean, the ball bouncing off his head when he was with the Rangers is pretty damn funny. Texture says, <laughs> and I, pitched? I'm going to have to Google this now. Speaking of yesterday's episode, did you all see the recall for Cadbury eggs due to the maggot larvae being larva being found? No, <laughs> I did not see that. In the or else I, would, I, <laughs> I mean, I hope it's not the mini eggs because, my God, now I'm going to have to look at this now because yeah. I've, I have digested approximately 8,000 of these Cadbury mini eggs. Is that what's in the goo? Well, there's no, again, there's no goo. <laughs> but he didn't say which ones, though. Did he say mini or large? I think this is a made-up story. Okay. There's there's nothing about this anywhere. All right, you should be safe then. They were recalled because of nut, uh, like a nut issue in – England or in Ireland. Well, and these weren't even the some more jokes have not ended yet. They haven't. <laughs> and these are the Kinder Surprise eggs. They aren't even the Cadbury eggs. Oh, okay. What's the what's the, I think Texas is just trying to make me feel bad about my Cadbury mini egg and Oh man, it's about to make and it. And I'm not a big fan of that. Really sophomore joke down my past. Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> Texas join me on the Grizzlies train, Rutherford. We had Gorgie for a while and drafted Russ years ago. Plus we don't suck. 
bleep anymore. Um, uh, you can't, but it's a little. I can't jump onto it. It's Memphis. I can't do it. Yeah, two reasons why you can't root for the Grizzlies locally. A, it's Memphis, and people in Louisville should never root for Memphis stuff. I agree with that. And B, that could have been should have been maybe our team. I mean, also, it's, it's too that, late for me. That's that that it was it was between literally probably us and Memphis to get that team. If I'm if I have any affinity for any NBA team, then it's going to be the Jazz, just because I used to cheer for them. Still to, to make people mad. Uh, Texas, we need a nicest. We need a list of the nicest and douchiest athletes that Trevor has met in his 1,000 autograph sessions that he's attended. I have done a lot. Who's the nicest? Ooh, nicest Chad Johnson. Really. Yeah, I like hearing that. Chad Johnson was awesome. I, not only did uh, was he awesome in his autograph session, I got to work with him. Uh, he actually showed up at the store at one point, uh, unannounced later on, and actually bought all the employees PS4 games or PS3 Damn. games because we let him use his ba- let him use our bathroom. Who's the douchiest? Tayshawn Prince, probably. Ooh, call out. Yeah, more than likely. This is a guy who now is that real right, or is that about the block? Right at nine o'clock. We were supposed to. We had one other person that we just pulled the gate down and wanted to swagged up and asked to be get an autograph right at nine. And Prince looked at him holding his little four year old kid and said, "Nope, I'm only here till nine and walked out. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, he was kind of a tool about that. And that was before the block, by the way. Yes. Texas says, Trevor, uh, what's your opinion of the lineup of anime coming out this summer? <laughs> Where's this anime? The anime game's been disappearing. The same for guy. A while, yeah. His last five texts are all about anime. Yeah, <laughs> is it one when you were gone? If you like a couple weeks ago, even Brian, what did he ask about? Was out like watching anime? <laughs> no, he was like me and Trevor drank a soda pop and watched anime last night at his house. <laughs> he preferred pop. the soda warm, which unnerved me. <laughs> is what the texture said. I, this is my favorite recurring trend on the text line. It makes know. no sense to me, that but it's hilarious. So absurd. Yeah, it's funny. wonderful. Uh, <laughs> and then for the record, I don't drink soda warm. It's that's nasty. <laughs> I do like sun-kissed orange flat, though. Is that weird? A little bit. Okay. Texas says Trevor said he would hook uh, anybody up who would bring his couch. We all know what he meant. Well, we don't know. <laughs> if you want to bring the couch, you'll find out. Legally, we have no idea. <laughs> Texas says Trevor loves the gooey inside. Okay. <laughs> Texas says, I think the place for us all to be tonight is listening to the Reds postgame. Colin could have some fireworks. Ooh, yeah, I guess it could. Texas brings steroids back to baseball. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think hitting's a problem right now, is it? No. I mean, it's well, except for the Reds. <laughs> Texas, it seems like we are the only fan base who loves flirting and rekindling old flings. This pro Tom and anti Tom, everyone was uh, was and is so tiring. I'm so glad that it seems like it's falling off. It does seem like I don't know if it's We're just not because the, the ones. but like we definitely seem to do it more than other program like i can't think of it. like barry alvarez i know always like but he was the ad like he would well, barry come alvarez, in and coach the football same thing team. With bill snyder as well for i mean kansas state i mean but just the 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 love and grasp for nostalgia i mean that's that's any university that goes after their ex-players i.e michigan Tola, hofstra uh temple um i mean at any time that's 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 in the same ballpark i think i think louisville situation is so unique too in that we were such a like a the meteoric rise to prominence as an overall program after like we talked about at the beginning of the show after being known as like just the the basketball school for so long and so long and so long yeah. to have to, to not just get relevant in things but to all of a sudden boom like football two top six finishes in three years in 04 and 06 out of, out of nowhere 
in you know going to bigger conferences, making the jump to the Big East, making the jump to the ACC. Baseball, going from having never won a game in the NCAA tournament to, boom, College World Series, right when Dan McDonald gets here. Women's basketball, no Sweet 16s, boom, playing for national titles. Like, it just it, it all happens so seemingly out of the blue. And the facilities upgrades, the influx of money going into the programs, I, th- I think it's understandable why people who lived through that era and who had lived through the era before that would want some of the key figures back after things have fallen off a little bit, whether it's bringing Petrino back when football had fallen off or bringing you know, George back when it seemed like the overall athletic program had taken a dip in his absence. I can understand that mentality, but it does seem at least a little bit unique to Louisville. And like you said, I, I know it's happened other places with, with certain coaches and certain figures, but it's like, we even like debate, like we're talking about Charlie strong coming back. He's another name that comes really? back. Really? When do we do that? People, I mean, people will bring it up. Like we, a guy on the text line I'd today. I'd be okay with it. Had Charlie, yeah. Somebody on the text line today earlier said, uh, win or lose, this is going to be Satterfield's last year. We need Urban Meyer and Charlie Strong as, as D.C. Well, I don't need Urban Meyer. We don't need Urban yeah, Meyer. Yeah, I would, I would be I'd, – I'd welcome Charlie Strong back with open arms. Texture says, uh, uh, we got Jack Harlow throwing up L's in the hook of his new song, Fair Trade, for Bill. Yeah, we did. No, nah, I'm still taking Bill Murray over that. Yeah, I, I, I love Jack Harlow. Yeah, Jack Harlow is fine, but Bill Murray. Bill Murray's but, Bill Murray. Yeah, I mean, Bill Murray is, transcends decades and generations. Harlow, call me in 30 years. Call him in 30 years, Jack. Call me in 30 years, yeah. Call him. Um, is, we, is Aladdin B- G- Gilbert Gottfried's signature movie? <laughs> I'm just I'm looking on the Twitter and it's like it's you know it's got the I was about to wrap up the show. It says Gilbert Godfrey of Aladdin fame passes away and I'm thinking is that his signature movie? Probably as Iago. Um I think it has to be maybe because I'm like, like I think he's more known as like just like a stand up than he is like a for movies and TV. Would he be more known for Aladdin or for the Aflac? Or Problem Child. Problem Child's another one that comes to mind, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Aladdin's probably the most popular. <laughs> R.I.P. Gilbert. That's that's all that matters. I tell you in the show, it's me throwing you off on another loop. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that. Real quickly, we have two of the uh, the play-in round games in the NBA playoffs tonight. Cavs at Nets is the first one at 7 o'clock on TNT. Brooklyn is a 9.5-point favorite. Trevor, who you got? <laughs> Brooklyn doesn't win this. It's sad. Poor Kevin Durant. Exactly. I mean, three, talk about a shell of a month's player that was great. Kevin Durant three years ago in the East could take any team and be winning. He's averaging 30 points a game. Now he's barely making the playoffs two years in a row. Yeah, but it's because it's easy to score in the NBA. <laughs> Who do you have? Who are you taking? I'm taking the Nets. Nets. Um, Clippers, Tim- Timberwolves, 9.30 tip-off on TNT. Minnesota, three-point three favorite. Who you got? I'm taking Timberwolves because Paul George can burn in hell. I don't like Paul George. I either. hate Paul George. And I like Carl Anthony Towns maybe my favorite UK player of like the last of the I like Perry's on the team. I just hate Paul George. I like him personally. I'm rooting for him. Uh T Wolves win. Close one. Two points. Um all right. We're out of here. Enjoy your Tuesday nights. We're back tomorrow. Hopefully we will uh, have happier news to talk about than Tyler Harrell leaving and you know Tom George debates and all that good maybe stuff. Maybe the Reds will get a hit. Maybe the Reds will get a hit. <laughs> That's not our breath. <laughs> Burn in hell, Castellini family. Everybody enjoy your Tuesday nights. We're back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. <laughs> now my heart is to start again.